We're judging the world and saying what sucks. We're abused versus the world. Yeah, yeah but, but, they, but they also they also uh, take like seriously a pound of butter, <laughs> put it on a cookie. No, it wasn't your mom's sex that, joke. That it was just your mom's hey, joke. I love sirocs, man. Those that was my treat for any time I went to the grocery store. Sirocs are death sticks, and I love them. It was like cheesecake. You want to buy some death sticks? Like imagine like, cheesecake, but butterier, butterier, oh. yeah, More buttery. Or butterier. Butterier? Frozen with jam in the middle and covered in chocolate. Yeah, they're about this long and you're like, this will fit in my artery yeah, nicely. no way. <laughs> Russia, so great. Your mom's great. <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> Again, mother is oh, well, I guess that lady. one kind of was a... Jordan is a saint who will never listen to this podcast. Yeah, so we're we're recording now, huh? Oh yeah, we're recording. Are we recording? We are recording. Oh, yeah, stuff can get edited shoot. out. Welcome to reviews <laughs> versus the world. Hello. All right, so guys, we've been we've been doing this for a year now. Yeah. Well, so all right, be honest. Is anyone in a better place than they were last year? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 2015 was a great year. Yes, it was for me personally. All like right. it was good. Good times. Well, we'll talk about, you know, the most important reasons why 2015 was a great year here in a minute. But first, I think we need to get some introductions out of the way. So first, starting on my right, that's... Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's mid, mid mouthful right. of Reese's. We have Aldo. Woo! Hey, I'm here. <laughs> and my mouth is Are now empty. Sure? <laughs> Next to Aldo, wearing my wonderful... Arctic fox Russian hat that seriously is bigger than my head is John. At the crochet shopka. You shop at Shopka? You have a two ply hat. That's what I understood. <laughs> I'd think you all need to learn Russian though. I heard Shopko in that. <laughs> no, but Oi Tingashi shall I come back? That's not Russian. I know it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, I learned a phrase, no. but I learned it forever ago. And yeah. Okay. No. So, all right. Because I was going to say, if anyone told you that was Russian, they lied to you, and they're not your friend. So, okay. Next up, playing Words with Friends on his iPad. It's not Words with Friends. It's like... It's FTL. <laughs> That's even worse. Sure. It's Steven. Guys, this game is awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to unlock the crystal ship, but it takes forever. And of course, you probably hear a more feminine voice. Yes, more feminine than even Aldo. It's Emily. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Hi. I'm... Sorry. It's okay. I was just trying joke. to make a joke about how Aldo's a girl. <laughs> or rather, trying to figure out how Brady made the calculation of like all the dudes that are here, who is the most feminine... Sounding, before the actual least. girl, and it didn't make any sense to me. Right. I, I don't know what that... What that yeah, it should have been the person with the uh, least amount of facial hair, which would have been... Not fair, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it only comes in like a scarf. Let me paint you a picture. <laughs> Dear podcast listener, let me paint you a picture of beards and mustaches, and John is in a corner by himself without either of those. Oh, I'll grow up one day. <laughs> You'll be a real boy. <laughs> with a with a scarf and like a, a sickly mustache, and that's it. Nothing in between. You want me Best. to buy you one of those like scarves that looks like a beard? It might help <laughs> for situations like this. 
Anyway, since John looks so forlorn, I'm not going to start with him. But let's go ahead and start with Emily. Emily, what have you been into this month? Well, this month has been basically just me focusing on getting stuff ready for my wedding in a couple months. Yay! Yay! I got my, 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 well, what are we calling this? Because I have an engagement ring that that my fiancé gave me on the day we got engaged. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so her fiancé, Curtis, is here, and I have never seen such a look <laughs> on his face. There's another ring that he got me. We picked it up today after an ordeal of having purchased it on the 9th. I won't get into it. It is um, quite gorgeous. I feel like, is this a, I promise this is real and happening ring? Guys, this ring is so sparkly. It's like Liberace Soul Stone. <laughs> Crazy. Love you, Liberace. Peace. Um, uh, what else have I been doing? I read a book by Richard Paul Evans that was really good, The Mistletoe Inn. If you like, he's the same guy that writes the Michael Bay books, but he also writes really good, like, like cheesy. Romantic stories. It's not like romantic yeah. novels. Oh, like no, 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 no. They're, they're they're more like the literary equivalent of the Hallmark Channel. Basically, <laughs> okay, that's the vibe that I was getting. Well, the okay. thing is, a lot of his movies have been made into Hallmark films. Wow. So that's that's a very oh. good way to phrase it. Um, and I think the fact that I'm not coming up with a lot means I've been very focused on my wedding. Well, that's kind of a big deal. I that's definitely understandable. Slept in today. Yeah. Is that nerdy? Woo. <laughs> I like it. Sure. Love Pretty good. Steven. So I'm one of the last remaining collectors of physical media. Um, I no, do not. collect DVDs. All back. Yes. Every day. Every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. And apparently you spend all of that time buying things. Um... <laughs> but I have a resolution for 2015. I'm not allowed to buy any new DVDs until I finish watching the ones that I already have. How many are they? Oh my gosh, I have a list. And it's about uh, <laughs> 20 television series. Oh dear. It's crazy. Um, and the one that I'm working through right now is The Avengers. Which yep. is the uh, classic Avengers. 1960s British spy television show. Oh. Uh, Steed and Peel with a, a young Diana Rigg who is... Um, I'm trying to think of a classier word than foxy. That's She's really pretty. That's all you need. See, if he had seen Wayne's World, foxy. he would he have would a know. whole song. <laughs> we were having a discussion oh. about Wayne's World earlier. Yeah, Stephen doesn't know the joy that is. Uh, you know you're uh, Wayne's World. Cute little hot Now, is it worth worth seeing? Because I saw the movie with Sean Connery. The movie is hot garbage. <laughs> it is so bad. The television show... It's dated. Uh, like, the earliest episodes are actually in black and white. Oh, wow. Um, it's terribly campy. Um, but in which, a good way? That's a feature. Okay. Yeah, there's an episode where um, they're at this uh, compound where there is like a children's train that runs around the whole thing. Not like a like a model train, but like a train that kids could sit in comfortably. Okay. And the adults sit in it and they've got their uh, knees shoved up under their chins. Mm -hmm. And this being a spy show, there is naturally a fight atop the train. Of oh, course. sure. But, you know, they're standing on top of the train, and they're, like, throwing fists at each other. Uh, Diana Rigg is tied up to the tracks, but the train is about a foot and a half tall. So it's like the climax to Ant-Man. Yeah. It, it's, right. Honestly, it's pretty delightful. Um, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I've had it for a couple months, but just haven't had a chance to, to sit down and watch it all. So I'll be doing that before I'm allowed to buy anything else. 
Uh, and that makes me so mad because Adventure Time Stakes, the miniseries, just got put out on DVD, and I can't buy it! <laughs> I mean, you could. But then I'd see it. break my resolution, and it's only January. I've got to wait a month. Maybe it'll be on sale later, and you'll be extra happy. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. All right, John. So, um, I realized that I was behind on New Girl, because I've been catching up on New Girl. Naughty. <laughs> that show's really funny. Um, I forget about it, but then when I watch it, uh, there'll be a certain line set a certain way by a certain actor... You know, it can be anyone in the episode. That's one of the good things about the show is that anyone can be the one who has the funniest line. Mm-hmm. And just the way that it's put together cracks me up. Like, pause the show and cry laughing and then move on. And then when you watch it later, it may hit you the same way. Or you try to tell somebody, this moment right here cracked me up and it doesn't quite fit Play off it. the same way. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, they don't see why it's so funny. But That's because they're not just... as smart as you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I've suspected that, but I never know. <laughs> and, and I, just, I just think it's goofy, and I, I don't know. Maybe you got to be in the right mood. I, I love Winston. He's my favorite. That's he's the one that like has hit me a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That like their game, True American, when they're drinking and like uh-huh. throwing in random presidential facts. The next morning, Nick is like, oh, I'm so hungover. I was lapping up cognac out of Winston's hands last night. And it cuts really quick to Winston holding out his hands. And he's pretending to be Nixon. And he's like, lap it up, checkers. Forget what you saw. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was, I, like, bawling my eyes out. Like, uh, oh, it was so funny. And and I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just strikes me the right way. This week, this past week was Sundance, and I saw three movies. This was my first Sundance. I went to Park City High School, graduated from Park City High School, and made fun of all the festies. Um, and they had, became one. And they, well, not really. I'm not, like, wearing sunglasses in the middle of the night and shouting on a cell phone to who knows. Fair enough. Fair enough. End, That's a good point. It's um, really great movies. I saw Slight, I saw Sing Street, and I saw Birth of a Nation. And... Um, we'll gush at length about Sing Street later on, and my prediction now is that Birth of a Nation will get an Oscar nomination for Best Picture That's and not I've win heard. it. Um, very powerful, very hard to watch, but uh, great, great movie. So awesome, Aldo. Yeah. Uh, hi. Um, <laughs> I I I haven't been into too too much recently. I've been. Uh, I re-downloaded and have finished playing through uh, Devil May Cry or DMC, which was the new version that had the goth, emo, punk, Dante mm-hmm. version. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I love that game. I love that game a lot. The, the combat system is just fantastic. You can just chain infinitely as long as there's enemies there, and it's it's kind of the most fun I, I have with the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from that, playing Metal Gear Solid, which Brady and I talked about before we started recording, um... But apart from that, I haven't been into too much. I've been collecting uh, figures um, from the Good Smile Company. So they have two lines called the Figmas, which are uh, really well-articulated, like six to eight-inch uh, action figures. We have a lot of accessories. And they also have the other ones that are called Nen- uh, Nendoroids, which are like chibi stylized characters. So they have like a big head and little limbs. Um, and they're super adorable. And so I've been hunting some of those down, and I... Uh, my two recent collections or editions have been um, the Figma or the the Nendroid for Link from Wind Waker, and mm-hmm. he is super adorable because he has these big oh, I've seen that big one. eyes. Yeah, I have pictures of him. I'm gonna show them later. Um, but I I was gonna bring it, but then I realized I don't want to put everything back in the box because um, I I take it. I'm not a a, a uh, sealed collector fan. I take everything out of the box out of the packaging because I don't care. Um. <laughs> 
Otherwise, it's your stuff. You want to, you know, I want to play with it. Yeah, you know, across the room. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, I, I'm just uh, like I was telling Stephen before we recorded. I'm just super happy that uh, Secret Wars finally over. <laughs> that, that took him long enough. It took him like three delays later, and it was it was really fantastic. And Ultimate End was a really great companion to it. It was just it was just good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. The more big event <laughs> stuff, though, like, the more I like the street-level heroes I'm finding. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, like, She-Hulk right now, Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. Hawkeye. I guess the Hawkeye that are, the run that I really liked has ended. But so still. is the She-Hulk one, for the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, My app is six months behind. <laughs> <laughs> like, some of, the, some of the stuff I've kept reading after Secret Wars, like the X-Men and Spider-Man stuff, uh-huh. um, the X-Men stuff has just been kind of chugging along, as it always has. Kind sure. Of, Independently, they're dealing with the Terrigen stuff, which is actually really interesting. Um, but the Spider-Man stuff is probably the, the stuff that's getting some of the most uh, new wrenches thrown into the gear. Like Sp- uh, Peter Parker is now a multi-millionaire with his own uh, company, and he's he's global, so he's like flying France and defeating goblins, uh, like Goblin Army in like the United States, and then he goes to like India, and you know, it's all these weird global things. Um, and then, like, Spider-Gwen is just also just chugging along in her own series. And, uh, really the Spider-Gwen book is so pretty, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that art. I don't. No. I'm no. not totally in love with it. It's it's good. It gets the job done. It's very comic book art, but it's I wouldn't call it pretty. I like it. I call I like it passable it and decent. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make me want to throw up every time I change the page. Like, suppose that's a win. <laughs> that's not, as opposed to, like, some of the people they have on X-Men every once in a while. Yeah! I hate wow. that when there's like, you know, you're really excited for the next issue and then a fill-in artist comes in like, I'm going to try something different. There was like a, a one comic in the middle of a She-Hulk run. It was like, ugh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, that was bad. What, what, what I don't remember who it was. That was bad. One of the artists they constantly bring back for X-Men is uh, something Fraser or Frazier. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Is it Irving? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fraser uh, Irving. Fraser Irving. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like don't his, like him. I like his art, but I would like it as an art piece and not as a comic book art. I uh, don't. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. is like, like, looking at it, I'm like, okay, all of these people are professionals and can draw a million times better than me or any time I'll be able to, like, better than I'll be able to, able to draw. And then the choice they're making, you know, is just, yeah. So I've yep. actually got a comment about this um, that ties into what I've been doing this month, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so... I purchased The Art of Blizzard Entertainment at Barnes & Noble Ooh, for yes. a steal. The book is $75. I bought it for 14 And I just was super proud of it. But there's a like it's got a lot of artist commentary in it. One of the comments that they make is, one of the guys says, Yeah, I'm, I can't draw women. <laughs> I'm like, you're a professional artist. How hard is it to draw a woman? You look at a woman and you draw what you see. Like, this is your job. It explains so much about all the complaints that people have about how women are portrayed in video oh, yeah. games. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could talk about that for hours. It's but also, also, that's it's a different also, podcast topic. On the other hand, though, it, it is not just draw what you see. Um, but yes, he's a professional artist. He should be able to, like, at least, yeah. you know, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, tangent over. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. I'm, oh, I'm just, yeah. Sorry, I'm just now seeing Link that, that Aldo mentioned earlier. That's adorable. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. It's adorable. I like it. I like it a lot. Nice. So, I have been into a lot of things 
lately, and you guys probably aren't surprised by that at all. Um, <laughs> Let's keep it to like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so what video games have you been playing, Brady? Here so my, my video games, um, I did get the Nathan Drake collection, which is the Uncharted games on the PS4, and I hadn't... I, I had started the first Uncharted game several times on the PS3, but like it just wasn't quite up to par because I'd played two and three first. So I gave it a shot with the Nathan Drake collection, and they definitely fixed a lot of things control-wise, and just it feels better than it had on the PS3. And so it was nice actually getting through that entire game. Um, also, I've been playing a lot of games with my four-year-old because she's been very demanding. And She's a four-year-old. That's yeah. what they do. So we've been doing a lot of Yoshi's Woolly World, Aww. which is the most adorable game ever. I like that about the '64 uh, game. Yoshi was like, it was like, oh yeah, this so this really is like adorable. over the top. I mean, everything is made out of yarn. I love so, that. So I don't know. <laughs> it wonderful. Looks so I don't. Cute. I don't know if you're into so the amiibo collecting game. stuff, <laughs> but I have yarn. the the Yoshi yarn amiibo, and he's super adorable. Yeah, mm-hmm. w- w- I I got Emma. Um, a pink Yarn Yoshi Amiibo. I have Aww. the blue one. He's oh, super adorable. They're so cute. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's adorable. And we've also been doing a lot of Lego Batman 3, because that was on sale for like six bucks. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so we've been playing that a lot, and she's been begging to play that a lot. Um, which if, has been, it's been interesting. I've been trying to, I'm a very Marvel-focused guy, and so... Lately, I've been trying to get into more of the DC cartoons and, if, if you've been and games, ooh, learning the characters a little bit more. The DC yeah. cartoons are heads and shoulders above the Marvel yeah. cartoons. I was yeah. in, in my uh, not being able to buy any new DVDs. I've been watching my old ones. Justice League Unlimited is my favorite superhero story, hands down. I'll talk about that later at a different podcast, probably. But also, man, it's so yeah. good. If you've been watching the Arrow TV show, get the Arrow DLC for Batman, for Lego Batman 3. It is hilarious. <laughs> Stephen Mel does his own voice acting in it. That, that's awesome. That's great. Um, and, and actually, as a side note, I haven't been that, that impressed with... Well, Arrow's been pretty bad for about a season and a half now, but... Flash hasn't been all that great, I haven't thought. But, yeah, that's... Have you, have you caught Legends of Tomorrow? Because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Oh. It's pretty awful. Because uh, that was well, something the, I Well, the first episode about. was awful. The second one was a little bit better. Which I find odd, because every everywhere I've been reading has just been praising the heck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's uh, not for you, Brady. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe you know Brady's wrong. About, you know what I found out about shows that there are shows that are good that aren't necessarily for me. Kill more girls. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> that's so great. Oh yeah, which is coming bringing back. back bringing it back. Everyone's happy Graham. except John. But <laughs> I want to talk about that. I've been a little bit obsessed with lately. Is it started out with making a murderer. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's... which kind of exploded everywhere. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched it or heard about it, then you're crazy because everyone's talking about it. Um, it's a documentary series on on Netflix about a trial about about this guy who was wrongly imprisoned for you know 30 years and then he was released exonerated based on DNA evidence and then uh and then shortly thereafter was um basically it, it kind of looks like he was set up because he was suing the city for uh, a murder and so 
It's very interesting. I, I highly recommend it. But that also led to a couple of other things. Um, I have, so I listened to the Serial podcast. Serial's oh, so good. so good. Uh, it's great. It's I like great. Flakes. <laughs> <laughs> So, Serial is, it actually reminded me in a lot of ways of Making a Murderer. It's kind of the vibe I get that, like, the the mass, like, just love, it's like everyone's just instantly hooked, instantly obsessed. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I, I really enjoyed that, and then I went back and watched The Jinx, which I had never seen. So, if you don't know anything about The Jinx, which it doesn't look like anybody at this table does. Uh, no. So, the, the Jinx, it's about... This guy named Robert Durst, who had his wife disappeared in the mid '80s. He's he's basically from a very powerful family in Manhattan. Who they're real estate developers in Manhattan, and like the second most successful, which mm-hmm. that is a lot of money going in there. Yeah. Any relation to Fred Durst? I don't think so. <laughs> So, so you know, he was he was obviously suspected of killing his wife, but they couldn't they couldn't pin anything on him. Right. And then he there were these murders that were just kind of happening around him, Mm -hmm. um, and people disappearing, and you know things seemed kind of shady. So there's this filmmaker who went and he actually made a film with Kirsten Dunst and Ryan Gosling Mm -hmm. a few years back called All Good Things, Mm -hmm. and that was. That was based on Robert Durst. You know, they had to change all the names and everything. Yeah. But what the jinx is, is it's Robert Durst contacted the filmmaker and said, hey, I want to do an interview. Mm. And so it's six mm. episodes of of this filmmaker interviewing Robert Durst, you know, interplayed mm-hmm. with some of the background stuff, you know, documentary style. And the last ten seconds of that show are the craziest thing that I have ever seen on TV. And I won't ruin anything for you, but oh my gosh. Can you ruin it on the break? <laughs> if you want me to ruin it on the break, I yeah, will ruin it on the break. Do. do it. Please, thanks. But anyway, I like so scary. I highly recommend, if you like making a murderer, <laughs> give Serial a call, give Serial a chance, and also the Dinks. I think that you'll really enjoy it. Serial's interesting right now because the, the case they talk about is not... From 15 years ago, it's like happening right now. Yeah, it's Bobo right. Doll. He's it's still funny. stuck on his cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, all the way over here, every time he hears, oh, serial podcast. Like, it's just the sound of someone like digging into a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> oh, man. Frosted Flakes is far superior. It's true, it's man. Sweet. Well, you're like, serial is interesting, and I'm like, Lucky Charms are always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt my teeth. Anyway. And with that, we're actually going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about our absolute favorite things from 2015. Woo! Woo! Like more cereals. <laughs> <laughs> I the rooms. Because they do interviews with people uh, who wrote their reviews and ask them about it. Why would we want to talk about other people's podcasts podcast. when ours is awesome, Aldo? Brady no. told you, thou shalt you... have no other podcasts to this podcast. Well, their podcast is clearly inferior to Reviews versus the Podcast. Woo! Episode versus 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we can never partner with those guys. <laughs> Fine. Ugh. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Um, so, we want to talk about our absolute favorite things that you know, that we have consumed in geek culture 
over the last year. I'm just picturing so, myself like taking the movie from the screen and just like shoving it into my face. I just right now, imagine eating like a like a Nintendo shaved pizza, and I was like, oh, there you go. I just <laughs> took a big bite out of all those Link Nendoroid thing. <laughs> it's so uh, horrible. Anyway. <laughs> you ever hear anyway. a podcast come to a screeching halt <laughs> Look at that. Oh, oh, he's got a heart. Oh, da, da, da. <laughs> so, Aldo. Yeah. What's one of your favorite things from 2015? Uh, so, <laughs> everything that's in my number two choice right now. But anyways, um, my number, so I'm going to go with movie. My number one movie was probably Peanuts. Um, That's a good answer. It was it was going to be uh, Hateful Eight, but I saw that one in like January, so I don't want to count. count. Yeah, Doesn't exactly. Count. So I don't want to count it. But oh my gosh, I loved Peanuts. I went to go see it three times in the theater. Wow. I I did not know what to expect, considering it's a really old property and modern like filmmaker companies don't really know what to do with old properties. I mean, we've seen what happens to the Grinch and. Horton Hears a Who and all these things. I didn't think those were good. Horton Hears a Who was I like Horton Hears a Who. Yeah, Horton Hears a Who was pretty good. No, but they have to do, like, like I, I don't know. They have to, like, take storylines and almost... Selfie joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that just went over my head entirely. <laughs> but, um, so they have to do a lot, of, a lot of these things, but what I liked about Peanuts was that it was more or less of a celebration of the franchise and that it didn't follow any specific storyline and it wasn't in any place, like, in the quote-unquote timeline of the whole mm-hmm. series. It was just a thing that happened, and there were nods. So, like, it wasn't a nod. It was a whole side story. It was um, Snoopy and the Red Baron writing his story. Yeah. But there were a lot of little nods to, to a lot of ongoing jokes from the franchise. And the animation was really well done to where it looks really nice and, and crisp, but it also emulates that little... Um, almost choppy-looking art style where everything's kind of really quick and mm-hmm. turns really quickly because they didn't do a lot of in-between frames. Yeah. And it's really well done. And I just... I came out of that with a big old goofy smile on my face and yeah. I went to go see it the first time with a theater full of children and I typically hate theaters full of children. Um, but not this time. <laughs> so, Sometimes going to movies with kids is cute. You'll get that one kid in the audience that like laughs at something, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, silly movie." My favorite. Was, I went to go see Lion King in theaters, and they mm-hmm. were laughing when Simba was playing with Mufasa, and I was like, "You know, it's about to happen." You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like originally. I was like, how old were you? Then? <laughs> I was Are you four like years 90? old. I was going to say, I was like... jaded. <laughs> <laughs> I've read Hamlet. I'm four. I know what's happening. <laughs> so I got to be honest. I kind of avoided the Peanuts movie for a couple of reasons. Um, like the uh... <laughs> Charles Schultz. Was my understanding is when Charles Schultz died, the family's wish was that the Peanuts franchise be discontinued. Yeah. Um, and then there's so much about like the way comics look, especially newspaper comics. So much of that was designed and developed by Charles Schultz that turning it into a 3D movie doesn't seem right. Uh-huh. So having this testimonial from you as actually making me want to go see this movie. It's because I want yeah. to like Peanuts. Peanuts is great. I yeah. love the Peanuts comics. So, so the great thing about it, like being 3D, is that even though it's 3D and computer animated and everything, it still looks and feels like the cartoons. Uh, it still feels very two-dimensional. Characters like turn around, and it's like that very quick kind of cartoon mm-hmm. uh, turnaround. 
um, and everything kind of happens from the side, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I, there's this whole bit with Snoopy where he's, um, because his story that he's writing of the Red Baron runs parallel to Charlie Brown's little um, school school crush that he has on this girl. Mm-hmm. Redhead. Redhead? Yeah, the redheaded girl. And and it's this really cute thing where he's where Snoopy has his own storyline with the Red Baron. He's in love with this other puppy pilot. Um, and there's a part where he is traversing out of enemy camp, but this is happening while he's running through the neighborhood. So there's a part where he's like traveling in water, and he just rises up out of the water of a bathtub of some kid's house, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kid's like, ah, he's like shushes him and goes back into the water. <laughs> and so there's just a lot of like that uh-huh. that humor that I like. One of my favorite parts is like the, there's a dance, there's a school dance. And they show and they do all of the dances from the cartoon. Like every, they're doing the yeah. You have the Frankenstein guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have all the goofy little dances. Who ruined Linus's dance for me on our Christmas podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was Nate, wasn't it? I think so. No. I don't want to hear it. I wasn't no. here for that part. I don't. Yeah. I wasn't here he for it. it for me, like I'm going to tell you. No, nope. it ruined. Anyways, so that was that was probably one of, that was one of my favorite things from 2015 was the Peanuts movie. I still have to see it. I haven't seen it either. And I love Peanuts. Like, Snoopy Come Home, watch that, and if you don't cry, you're a robot. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Don, what is something that you have seen in 2015? I have have a list of my favorite things. Uh, Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. (laughs) Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. (laughs) Brown paper packages tied up with strings. Those are just a few of your favorite things? Yeah. I love that he's actually got that up on his phone because he couldn't remember the lyrics. (laughs) Pulling back the curtain here a little bit. Shut up, Steven. Pay no attention. I'm actually disappointed in most of the people in this room because Aldo chimed in and the rest of you can sing. I was I was waiting for you to like go to like a punch like like hit a punchline at the end of it. I did. I didn't want to. I was a punchline. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, number three is Jurassic World. I decided I decided to pick the. Most fun I had in the theater last year, Jurassic World is number three. Uh, this was a time machine, and it turned me back into a ten-year-old. And I had mm-hmm. low expectations. <laughs> I saw Jurassic Park 3, so I had very low expectations for this film. I was like, it's going to be dumb, and they're talking to raptors, and it's, oh, there's another big scary T-Rex, oh, okay. And, and loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, the kids who are in it, you, they don't act, and they, they bring up stuff. Like, they're trying to give him a backstory and trying to... Who cares? <laughs> eat him. The, the thing about him. those kids, too, is, like, I watch it, and I'm like, are these... Are are, are children really this stupid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, they are. I, I was telling my buddy about it, because he didn't want to go see it. Um, <gasps> he was really cautious about it. I was like, no, it's it's really good. He's like, he's like, yeah, but let me guess. There's kids there, and their parents are having a divorce, and there's, like, a, a park person <laughs> that tells them that they're messing with something they shouldn't do, and I was like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, what did you expect? <laughs> the Dinosaur Island. But, uh, I like the homages to the old movie. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, I just liked that there were homages to the old movie, but it was still enough of its own thing. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. It just, you know, and like I was generally scared in moments, you know, like when they're in their uh, little hamster ball thing that you oh first gosh. Through, And the uh, Indominus, you know, takes a bite at him and, you know, their teeth, their teeth and claws come through. <laughs> um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I think one of one of my favorite parts in that in that whole thing was when the the little 
They're not they're not pterodactyls, but they're the ones with the big head for the little yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. When they're like picking up people and and fighting. Oh, them, and, they and pick up the, the assistant. Park. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. She whole... lives and then she doesn't. Yeah. Right. No. So that so that whole part she of it was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. And then Chris Pratt punches one in the face, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> Chris Pratt, let's go. He's dreaming. Oh man. He's holding back. I, I call him. He's holding back. I call him. Chris I, I, I don't want to be just this constant source of negativity. You especially, are. Especially you when we're are. trying to do like the celebratory happy year end stuff. But Aldo just described my least favorite moment in the movie, and it's the reason I don't like Jurassic World because I found that scene to be needlessly cruel. See, and I. I'm sorry. I, I loved Jurassic World as well. In fact, if the I, I think that if the original Jurassic Park didn't exist that this would be seen on a higher level by most people. Oh, yeah. If it didn't exist, but I don't think it could exist on its own. Yeah. Because some yeah. of this now, stuff that makes it makes you feel even more like, oh, yeah, is because the original existed. And the original one was this, more like a sense of wonder, and this one was more like, look at your consumer culture and despair. Yeah. You I'm, know? Just, I'm just going to point this out now, <clears throat> because we're going to go back to it later. This is how you take like an old movie and you make homages to it without entirely... Just ripping off the story and trying to call oh, it its own thing. Oh, I right. see. I see what you're <laughs> uh, Although you weren't invited to our last podcast for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you and Steve would have been buddy buddy on this. Uh, on, I on, on the other hand, I did really like the part where uh, was the, the the one guy had the Jurassic Park T-shirt. That yeah. was. And they were like, "Don't you think that's a little morbid for for today?" And I was like, "Yay." <laughs> Uh, also featured on New Girl. Yeah. So I only have one beef with Jurassic World. No woman can run in heels <laughs> like that. No, it would break. It would mm, not possible. <laughs> not physically possible. Well, I'm sorry. By the I way, did, did anyone else find that Bryce Dallas Howard got hotter throughout yes. the film? I like, think the that was dirtier on purpose. That she got? I think that was because she was uptight. Gorgeous. She, She's I hated gorgeous. her haircut. She took yeah. more hairstyle. clothes off and got sweatier, and she the clothes got tighter. She did not take any clothes off. Yes, she did. There was this, there's this amazing moment where Chris Pratt is like, do you really think that you're dressed appropriately for this environment? And the first thing she does is takes off her shirt so she that her boobs are more visible. Take, well, she does to, not take it off. She ties it, she around, ties her waist. it around her waist. <laughs> and, and accentuates her bosom in the process. To, to be no, I don't Are you just fair. jealous that you don't have those? I am so jealous. That <laughs> to, to be fair, though, as the movie continues and as she Sorry, gets hold dirty on, and sweaty. Uh, so I'm going to call Steven out on using the word bosom. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find yourself a girl, mate. <laughs> Go on, Aldo. As, even though, you know, Steven does bring up a point, even though she continuously loses articles of clothing as the movie continues, she also, as a person, develops because she goes from being a cold, heartless executive woman to caring about children and punching dinosaurs in the face. Yep. Punching them in the face. So assuming she kept all her clothes on, we would still have that development. I thought I thought it was kind of odd that that was a lot of people's biggest complaint. Not that there was an island full of dinosaurs, but that a woman could not run in high heels for that length of time. It's not possible. Well, I, and the park full of dinosaurs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it got to a point I got so wrapped up in the movie that I forgot about the T Rex, and so when they're like open paddock night yeah. scene, I was like, "What's in there?" And then she had the flare, and I was like, oh, "I know what's in there." And then it, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, like the only part that almost made me break like that. Uh, suspension of, of disbelief was the part where all the raptors meet Indominus and oh, then yeah. they have like this little conversation I was like really? I was a little bit yeah. cheese balls. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know what though like 
all of these complaints and everything, you're not wrong. <laughs> but in spite of all of it those... It was so good. Yeah. 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 No, it's the, good so out, good. the good outweighs the bad, and, and I'm excited for more. And they're going to keep pumping them out because it was a very successful movie. And I'll be happy about that. <laughs> Curtis is shaking in the background. Okay. Excited. No, he we, loves it. We his brought movie. our one fan in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I see Stephen shaking in anger right now. I'm going to have to talk about something positive, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to find a movie then. that is universally loved, and then just just to see how you're going to crap on it. We're going to talk. What do you think about Casablanca? Casablanca is great. <laughs> Casablanca is a great movie, but it did not come out in 2015. Something that did come out in 2015 that I love, that is oh. also not a movie, and it also maybe didn't actually come out in 2015, but we got it in English in 2015. Long introduction, let me just get to it. I wrote about this for, uh, and back into more introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about this for Reviews vs. Friday, but more of it's come out. This is a manga called A Silent Voice. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I think last year I also reviewed a manga, and I've got a review coming up for a manga on the video channel, and every time I talk about manga, I'm like, I don't read a whole lot of manga. What are you going to review uh, My Love Story? Oh, i got to get to that at some point. Yeah. But I like A Silent Voice a little bit, let it, a little bit better than My Love Story. A Silent Voice um, is the story of a young boy whose name is uh, Shoya. It's, it's really confusing because the two main characters, there's a boy named Shoya and a girl named Shoko. And that's actually a plot point. They have the same nickname. They're both called Shochan in Japanese or Shosho in mm -hmm. English. Show show. Yeah, and it's a plot point. Anyway, Shoya, when he was young, was the ringleader for this group of kids that bullied Shoko. Shoko is deaf, and they made fun of her for being deaf. Um, and I thought we were going to be positive. I get, I years get, later, <laughs> years later, Shoya really regrets what he did, and so he is doing his darndest to try to make it up to Shoko by bringing her all the things that he deprived her of in elementary school, tries to make her, or help her get friends. Um, he's, he friends her younger sister, he learns sign language, he's do, it, it's this really interesting look at bullying, and how bullying affects not just the people who are bullied, but the bully themselves. Uh, Shoya is a huge mess. His life is a shambles. Um, he actually attempts suicide really early on in the story because of how bad he feels about everything. I'm waiting for the happy... But he's trying so hard to make things right. Um, and so there's this sort of like redemptive story arc. Is he actually going to make up for all the damage that he caused? Uh, it is a dramatic series. It is kind of a depressing series. Mm -hmm. I, there are now five volumes out in English. Um, mm -hmm. And the fifth volume ends on a horrific cliffhanger. Oh, no. um, but there's that. a lot of really good positive stuff in it. Um, Shoko's little sister... Um, is this delightful character. She's sort of this young juvenile delinquent. She cuts class so that she can run around taking pictures of animal corpses with her camera. Um, but she's this delightful character. She <laughs> provides some fun comic relief with also some great dramatic development. Um, one of uh, just, There's a, so much good stuff with her. Although there is also this plot that runs on for far too long where she's pretending to be her older sister's boyfriend to scare off Shoya. Weird sort of subplot. Um, it's not a perfect comic, but the stuff that I love about it is the serious take on bullying, the way that it shows how bullying is negative, not just for the people who are bullying, but for the people who do the bullying. Right. Um, I love the way it portrays sign language. This is absolutely my favorite part of this comic. If you ever read comics and you see, like, when they condense a fight scene into a single panel, they usually have, like, a lot of fists and 
feet, like, just flying. They'll, like, draw one panel with six arms coming out of it to show the guy's punching really fast. This is how this comic illustrates sign language. Cool. Shoko's just sitting there. Her arms are, like, flying all over the place when she's getting really intense with the sign language. It is great. It is fascinating. It makes me kind of want to learn sign language. Which is really interesting because, like, in, in comics in general, they don't really tackle disabilities very often. And Japanese comics are really bad at this, too. Yeah. Um, just recently, there's been two really good examples. It was obviously this one, My Silent Voice, and it was also Gangsta, which was an anime series that ended on Clip Note and a cliffhanger, and it's probably never going to be finished. But that one, <laughs> one of the protagonists was also deaf, and he communicated in sign language. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting that both of these are happening really recently. And they also really happened shortly after... Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, Hawkeye has has uh, one issue, issue that focuses on, on Clint Barton being deaf. Oh, yeah. uh, we can almost count that because the final volume of Hawkeye came out in 2015. Yeah. Um, but, oh man, A Silent Voice, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to end. Um, it's, it's kind of a heartbreaking read. It's a bit dramatic, a bit tragic. But there's so much just good stuff in it. The art's pretty great. Um, there's a lot of hamminess, a lot of narm, if you're into TV tropes. Um, but I, I've been enjoying it. I've been buying it the day it comes out for every volume, and I haven't been able to say that about a comic in a long time. Sorry, Narm? Narm. Uh, it's a term that comes... It, it basically just means overacting. Oh. It comes from, I believe, an episode of Six Feet Under, <laughs> or Nip Tuck, or one of those, like... Cable shows that it's either about surgery or dead people. Um, a guy is saying something, is like saying no arm, no arm, but he keeps going and going, and it just like gets hammier and hammier until he's just shouting narm, 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 narm. Yeah, and so there's a scene in the first volume of A Silent Voice where uh, Shoya, his his friends have all abandoned him because he's been a bully, and he shows up at home, and his mom says, "Oh, I've set out some cake for you and your friends," and so he's sitting in his room eating all the cake by himself, shouting, "This cake is really good!" It's so silly. Oh my god! Is there anything like I'm going to take a chip? From the bag <laughs> and, and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Okay. When you said Narm. I just got like the image that popped into my head was the closing or second to last scene of every Full House. Right. Uh. As it comes up, <laughs> Danny Tanner hugs his daughter and explains a bit about life. <laughs> and I vomit a little. <laughs> so you're not excited that Fuller House is coming to I life? I want to be. You I watched be. every episode of the old Full House. But <laughs> it's one of those things that I don't think holds up. Like, I think it will be wonderful. Guys, I think we're going to have to have an episode about re-releases or you know, like updates to shows. I think that would be. There's, like, no, there's a lot of them. Like yeah, girl, there's a lot like of girl them. meets world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, not too bad. It's pretty okay. So anyway, wrap up the comments. Um, yeah, I, I say in my Yotsuba review, which is forthcoming, that I think I've just been reading the wrong sort of manga. A Silent Voice is, is the right sort of manga, I think. So I've enjoyed the heck out of it. And, yeah, once the whole thing is done, I, I can see myself easily doing a review of it, too. Very nice. It's interesting that the, the manga... Because so, you don't see a lot of US, like American comics that are anything but like comic books or like uh, superheroes or adventure stories, but like manga seems like... Here's a piano player. There are all sorts of reasons for that that we do not have time to talk about tonight, no, but we, we should probably what, talk about that at some point. Like, like a quick note is that it uh, relates very much to like Japanese storytelling, which is focuses very much on the minutia of life, so there's a lot of slice-of-life type stories. 
Um, that's like why living I... out in a tent when your mother dies. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw and then up a little. Joining up with joining up with boys who can turn into animals. Pets and... Guys, I like fruits basket. <laughs> it's terrible. Why do you like it? And they're bringing it back. Because why? It's fun. I'm sorry. It's Emily's turn, and I keep talking. Emily. Let's talk about something positive here. One of the things on my list is McFarland USA, which came out in January, I believe, um, of last year. It tells the story of this gentleman who, I think he was in the movie, it's based on a true story, but not all of the facts line up with the real life story, but anyway. He was a teacher in Boise, like a football coach. He'd been hopping around schools because he kept getting into, like, altercations with the students or something like that. Like, he had a temper problem. So he ends up having to up and move his family to McFarland, USA, which is in California. And it's a primarily Hispanic community. So it's this white guy with his wife and two daughters or three daughters, however many daughters he had, in a very Hispanic community where their way of life was very particular. The teenage boys would go out and work in the fields every morning and every night, but still have to go to school and do their homework. Like, they never slept. They never really got time for themselves because they had to work. And I'm sure after they graduated, if they graduated, they would still be going to work or go to prison. It's that kind of, like, world that they live in that's really difficult. And he he goes to be the assistant football coach at this school, and then he comes across this group of boys that are really good at running. So he starts up a track team, which at first is not recognized by the school because they don't really think these kids are going to do anything with their lives. They don't believe in them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the movie goes through the creation of this team and the building up of the boys and how Jim, the main character, kind of like falls into this world and his family members fall in love with all these people. Like the the community even throws his daughter a quinceanera because it's her <laughs> 15th birthday. It, so it talks about both. It talks about both the the positive things that happen to them, all while also talking about the struggles in the area in which they live. It's just kind of a really, really beautiful story, and I like it a lot. It's, it's one of those and it's things, Disney. Can't go wrong. Disney sports movies. So right. It's one of those things where like I hate sports, but I love sports movies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> My wife is like that. She loves to remember the Titans. Can't get her to sit through a football game. No, I you won't. I cannot watch five minutes of a, of a football game, but I will watch Blindside. I'm a 49ers fan. Paula. Paula Paula <laughs> so this this movie, um, like I'm I'm very surprised. My dad is a track was a track coach for years and years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. You're talking McFarland, right? Yeah, yeah. So track and cross country were his jam, and that's kind of what I was raised on, and so. I actually got this movie for my dad for Father's Day, and he's been a little bit obsessed with it. And, <laughs> and you know, so I, I went ahead and I watched it as well, and it, it's good. It's definitely good. That, very genuine. Very actually, uplifting. I used to run track back in uh, junior high. Oh, yeah? Um, surprisingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going to say I was a lifeguard for a while. <laughs> It's funny, like, the January, like, January is frequently considered to be the dumping ground for movies, right. but the last couple of years, January movies have not ones. been bad. Well, no, no, no. and the thing, too, is, like, I've only seen this movie once. I saw it in theaters the one time, but it's still, it's had enough of an impact on me that it was the first thing that I thought of when we thought about doing this. It popped on my list right away because it was Wait, that good. Wait, is saying January 2015? This is when this came out? Or? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first movies I saw last year. I need, I need to watch it. <laughs> it's a very good. Okay. So That's my spiel. 
I'm going to go ahead and start with one that I did not expect to ever have anything from this series on a list of my favorite things. Because I have not enjoyed a single one of the other games. I've given every game a shot, except for the portable ones. But I just was never able to get into Metal Gear Solid. It's because you're terrible at games. <laughs> 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 to be not subtle at all. Oh my god. <laughs> we identified the problem. <laughs> let, let me tell you the real reason why. We heard it. I mean, you know. <laughs> So the, the thing the thing about the Metal Gear Solid games in the past that I haven't been able to get around is they have you know they had a really kind of wonky controls mm -hmm. um very they were just very clunky mechanically and they had overlong cutscenes with bad acting that I just couldn't get around I'm like everyone would always praise it for the story and I just couldn't get into the story because I would rather be playing a game than watching a movie and so anytime that a cutscene came up, I would roll my eyes and go, I wish I could skip this, I wish I could skip this, I wish I could skip this. So, um, a few months ago, I found, you know, I, I ended up getting Metal Gear Solid 5 on sale because I heard, yeah, they changed, a, they changed a few different things about it, and I had gotten Ground Zeroes on, um, for PlayStation Plus. I'm like, okay, I actually really like this gameplay. I'm going to give Phantom Pain a shot. And I love it. Like, I seriously love it. Um, and I think it's really the the move to an open-world format and just the fine-tuning of everything gameplay-wise is what really puts it over the top for me. And there's nothing more fun than to me in, a, in an open-world game than to just look at your map, find a settlement, and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go take over that settlement. And <laughs> not having to do with any sort of side mission or, you know, main story mission or anything like that. I just want to feel like I accomplished something by taking on something hard. And that game has this in spades, and I absolutely love it. Plus, there's nothing more wonderful than putting a Fulton balloon onto a guy, hear him fly off and scream... For hours and hours and hours on end, that's pretty much what you do in this game, and it is wonderful. Brady and I play different games, because I go around <laughs> punching goats with my bionic arm. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, goat puncher. You've now made me into a Metal Gear Solid fan. <laughs> Which Previously is... went over my head and didn't really give it much of a thought, because I was like, oh, that's a game, but I don't really know anything about it. It's, it's oh, it's a game you punch goats in. So, well. I, I love the franchise. I jumped in when Metal Gear Solid 3 came out in the play. PlayStation 2, and after I played that, I went back and just played everything that, that's been out, um, and it, as much as I love Metal Gear Solid 5, because I think Brady and I can both agree that it is probably one of the better games of 2015, if not the best, um, I, for me though, as a, as a Metal Gear, as a long time Metal Gear Solid fan, I was really sad that, because of like, of Konami's terrible treatment of its, uh, of its game director, uh, Hideo Aww. Kojima. Uh, this this is probably the last real Metal Gear Solid game, and for it being that, the story really got butchered. Um, they took out chapters, they took out one of the endings, and they just really messed with it a lot to the point where the story 
even though it is complete, it has a beginning and end, the middle is very much almost non-existent. Yeah. Because you go from a lot of story happening at the beginning and a lot of it happening at the end, but just a lot of nothing. And I don't know if you felt that. Yeah, um, yeah, like... Like, around around the end of Afghanistan, beginning of Africa. Yes. Like, it just felt like there wasn't all that much <laughs> there. Like, it had all the all the stuff with, uh, you know, with the giant mech. And, yeah. You know, that, 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 all of that was cool. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, it, like, it didn't have that punch yeah. story-wise I, yeah. in the beginning half. And, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I, I, I need my 30-minute long cutscenes because I, I love them, but... <laughs> But this game, that was not the focus. The focus was obviously the gameplay, which is, you know, fantastic. It's it's great. It's um, why it's on my list. Yeah, but it's it did that a lot of that story was was missing, and that kind of made me sad. But at the same time, I can just snowboard on my box down a sand dune, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I can go and try to fight a bear, and actually. I was I was very ill prepared to fight that bear in the first time. <laughs> Are you ever prepared to fight a bear? I am now. <laughs> after, after the first time that I tried to fight that bear and you know just got completely mauled, I decided okay you know what I need to get a bigger tranquilizer weapon <laughs> than this little pistol that I have. So yes. I did everything possible to you know get the yeah. money to fund that. And you know, the, wait, hold on. So you went out of your way to get money to buy a bigger tranquilizer gun, just in case you ran into a bear. Well, you have to fight the bear. Yeah, it's it's a side mission where you can go and. Well, because like if I wanted to kill the bear, that would be very easy to do. I just take out a rocket launcher and <laughs> okay, that's you know, where kill I was the bear. Confused. But but the side mission was to. to Kidnap this yeah, bear. Yeah, wait, you put the balloons on it. Yep, yes. you put the yes. balloons on the bear. I bet you can go visit it in your personal island zoo. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so oh, metal gear. That, that's another thing that I actually loved about this game was, you know, in addition to all of the stuff that you're doing in Afghanistan and Africa, and you know, all the story that's happening there, you also have this base in the middle of the ocean that you're constantly building, and all these people that you're that you're fulfilling, they are working on your base, and so, like, you go and you expand things, and, you know, you have things earning money for you so that you can develop new weapons and things. My, it's really in-depth and really cool. My favorite thing is, like, they're like, boss, train with me, and then you punch them with your bionic arm and knock them out, and then ten minutes later they stand up and they're like, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I punch or, or, or you shoot them in the face with a tranquilizer yes, gun. Yes, yes. Because you're Metal not allowed. Gear. Maul me once, shame on you. <laughs> Maul me twice, shame on you. It's it's uh it's it's just it's a really good I, I only have one complaint about this game. Uh-huh. And that is there's this side mission on your that is actually on your base where you, you have oh, you, you have virus? side missions for you have side missions for um target practices oh, for yeah. all of the different you know, all the different parts of the base. Mm-hmm. Um but the R&D part of the base... This, it's terrible. The, the target practice there, while everything, all the other target practices make sense, yeah. like, you can see where the targets are, it leads somewhere. Like, I have tried that one at least 50 times, mm-hmm. and I have thrown my controller at least 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> one of the other things, this is kind of, I think this is going to be my last thing about it, is a lot of the Metal Gear games have been really, like, acclaimed for how creative they get with their missions. Like, and you usually have one or two missions where you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't think of this. Metal Gear Solid 1, you had that very, um, 
the Psycho Mantis uh, boss battle where you had to, like, take your controller out of port 1 and put it in port 2 in order to beat his mind control. Sorry, there's a lot of things. There's uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, you had, to, you, had, you had to fight a ghost, but you had to kill yourself and resuscitate yourself in order to beat him. So, like, there's a lot of, like, weird missions, and one of my favorite ones uh, was in Metal Gear Solid 5, where there's a virus that's controlled by language. Oh, yeah. And it's killing a lot of your soldiers, and so you don't... You, you panic because you're, you're trying to figure out how do I quarantine all these soldiers. And what you, when you, what you have to do is spoilers, you know, <coughs> skip ahead, like, a minute, <laughs> if you don't know. <laughs> one of the things you have to do is you have to look at the profiles for every person that's on your base and figure out who speaks a certain language and quarantine them in order to stop the, the virus from spread from spreading and it took me probably they killed probably half of my staff and i was very sad <laughs> yeah but i was like i was like oh my gosh this is this is one of the, that's one of those moments where you're just like i it took me a while to figure out that that was the very that was a Metal Gear moment. You know, and, and, and this, profiling this game... in xenophobia doesn't just jump into your head when <laughs> you're playing a video game. Oh. <laughs> hey, are you I'll sure? Be... Have you ever played a game online? Xenophobia is oh, yeah. all the yeah. rage. Just mute. Also, <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Okay. So, so this game has a lot of those really cool moments. Um, I think that the last time that I talked about this on the podcast, um, I mentioned that. There's a part of, at the beginning of the game where you're in a hospital and you're <laughs> and you're told that you have to have basically they have to try to change your identity so that you're not recognized by all these people who want to kill you and so you go through this whole character you know this whole like create a character thing and then immediately after you're attacked, so you never get to use the character oh, yeah. that, that you make, and it's like in depth too. I, I love it because like it's it's this doctor telling you we're gonna have to change your identity, so it zooms into the mirror, and when you're done, the camera zooms out of the mirror back to your first person view, and then you see your doctor getting choked out by a rope, and you're just like, well, that was, uh, that was two and a half hours of my life. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, another one of my favorite moments is. Is a part where you're just on the way to a regular mission, uh-huh. and it's when you meet Quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just on your way to, to a regular mission, and all of a sudden, you start getting attacked by this sniper, and it turns out, it, like, this random boss battle, and you didn't even know that you were in a mission, and it, it's pretty awesome. So th- there's a lot of great moments like that. I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful game. It is. Aldo. Oh, uh... Once again, un- completely unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> what are my other items? Okay, there you go. Oh, hey, that's it. Well, one of the other items was uh, Monster Hunter for you, for Ultimate, um, which was a, it's obviously the next entry in the Monster Hunter franchise um, on the 3DS system. So it's a portable series, and I it's 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 just boss battles. Like that's all the game is, just fighting giant monsters so that you can carve their body parts and make better weapons so you can go hunt a bigger monster and then killing that one and forging parts out of its and then killing another and it's just that's all it is and you fight like these giant gorillas that will eat like mushrooms and then fart on you and (laughs) you also fight (laughs) you also fight like giant (laughs) I wish this was a video podcast (laughs) they're making faces (laughs) there's also like a like a 20 foot tall lemur thing that like its ears are also like a face guard um, naturally. Yeah, naturally. And then there's like a giant monster who like <laughs> digs underground, and then he just looks like 
rocks, and then you have to go and figure out which rocks he is, so you punch those rocks <laughs> to get him to come out. Because naturally, um, you have to punch things. You have to punch people in order to get them to come out of hiding. Well, yeah. this is a video game. After, right. after Goldeneye, where you shoot a regular table and it blows up, right. I question. You know, <laughs> everything blew up in that game. That's so, so here's my question. Yeah. Like, the last Monster Hunter game that I played was actually Try on the Wii. Yeah. So, like, what has changed or improved? Would you say, like, how, how's the how's the online work? Like, so, so some of the stuff they that they changed was no more water battles because the water maneuvering system was terrible. So they've they've changed that out with the verticality. So you climb a lot, and there's like a lot of walls and and you know like vines and things that you can climb. So, so like that lemur. So, so like, like, can you jump onto the monster's yeah. backs then? Okay. You can, yeah, you can also do that. So, so if you can stun a monster and then jump on him, it puts you like in a little uh, mini game where you have to like you stab it with your carving knife while it's trying to buck you off. Um, and so while you're playing, you can play online or you can play local with a with a group of up to four people together. Um, and it's it's really cool because you can you can have one person like mount the monster and he's starting to like stab into it and if anybody else hits the monster while you're on it it'll they'll actually give you damage and they'll knock you off so you kind of have to work as a team where not everybody can just be swinging away they've also introduced two two more weapons and i think one of them was the switch axe which is like a sword that charges up and then it turns into an axe okay and the other one was a bug lance where you have like a you have like a spear and it has a little bug on it so you send that bug out to like Oh, Japan's going to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and it collects, like, nectar or, like, juice or something out of the monster, and it brings it back, and then you have to fill up so many vials, and then you you gain a whole bunch of, like, extra attack bonuses or things like that, and it's it's kind of weird, and you can, like, that lance also lets you jump onto the monster without having to jump off a higher surface. Um, So it's really fun. It's really fun if you have, like, a, a group of friends... Or just playing online with other people is really fun. But playing with friends is better because you can communicate because there's no voice chat because Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand how the internet works yet. <laughs> They're still remaking Zelda. Yeah. They're still remaking Mario. They're still remaking yeah. 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 Well, they've gotten to the point where they're not even remaking Mario. They're just letting other people make Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Maker's so great, guys. It is. It's, so <laughs> it's so wonderful. But... But it's like, like I said, it's just like boss battles, but you have like really, the weapons you have are really ridiculous. Like you have a great sword that is about three times the size of your character. And when you, when you sprint, so you can put your weapon away and you can sprint. And their sprint animation is hilarious because they're like really swinging their arms <laughs> forward and back. And they're like, when they're running, their their knees are hitting like their chest. It's just like this really exaggerated running animation. And there's a lot of quirky humor. So, so it's like Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Just as tall. That's not a bad comparison. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and there's a lot of cat puns. Just like Tom Cruise. Because <laughs> you have these partner cats. So if you're not playing online, you have like these little cat people that like assist you. <coughs> I, I forget what they're called. <coughs> but every time they talk, it's just cat puns everywhere, but they also do really silly things where they'll team up to attack monsters, so they'll get together and they'll make a little rocket ship like on the fly, and then one of them will jump on the rocket ship, and it'll crash into the monster, and then he'll start punching that monster in the face while he's trying <laughs> to hang on. Or one of them will like <laughs> sit on his back, 
and when you run to the cat, he'll launch you, so you, he'll throw you on top of the monster. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. They're really silly cats. I, I wouldn't them. that prove that Nintendo gets the internet? <laughs> <laughs> now, how I love it cats. Works, I oh. love every kind of cat. Anyway, All right, that's that. Done. I almost want to like have Steven tag in here because number two for me is Inside Out. And Steven's yeah. very mad about that because oh. it was his favorite thing to come out last year. Th- this was my favorite movie, <clears throat> bar none, from last but year. Thanks to the power of Dibs. And, 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 yet, <laughs> and yet I'm the one who got to review it. Yeah. And, uh. and Brady took Metal Gear Solid Five for me. Yeah. I wanted that. I went. <laughs> I went. Um, I didn't go to the, the night before, but I went early morning, first thing in the morning to see the movie, and just was blown away. Just absolutely loved it. I I think the the argument... Can anyone name a better Pixar movie? This year? <sighs> this <laughs> year? <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, that's a real real high bar. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Good, I liked it. I liked it, but it's not even on the same level. <laughs> no, Cars is more than... <laughs> you the next sound you hear is Aldo dying. <laughs> Curtis, you think this is better? You like cars? No, he doesn't. You like cars too, okay. didn't you? No. Toy Story 2. I would agree with Curtis. We had a whole podcast about yeah, this topic. Uh, Toy Story 2 is great. Yeah. yeah, and that part is heart wrenching, but it, it's a sequel. And that so. <laughs> I understand. I'm what just saying, mean, like, I don't that's know. like saying Empire Strikes Back. Oh, it was just a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, Inside Out was good. Inside Out was good. Inside Out. Some of the most talented people in comedy are involved. Some of the most talented artists, you know, and Mindy Kaling. <laughs> She's good in that movie. She is. <laughs> like, say what you want to about her in anything else, but in that movie, that's perfect casting. It's true. Louis Black is perfect. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> First the Hawaiians, now you. <laughs> All of it. Like, uh, everyone was perfect casting. Guys, we had that, that like three or four month stretch of doing the podcast where every month we're like, oh yeah, just a reminder, Inside Out is great. Yeah. You should watch this. Did you did you see some... So I guess there was this contest where people were editing movies and somebody made an edit of Inside Out without... Just the real life. Yeah. 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 And, None of the inside stuff. And I yeah. think... I mean, it's not the greatest story, but I th- it's still a good story. Yeah. To the point where... Like it proves that Pixar's when when they're on point, they <laughs> they can make a really good movie that it works even without its gimmick. It works as a short film. Yeah, like thirty minute, like a well, thirty minute. Hey, I, I, I probably already said this before, but I moved a lot as a kid. You know, <laughs> yeah. I lived in Toronto, lived in Indianapolis, lived in Park City, lived in England, lived in Russia. Like all the you know, moved around a lot in Indianapolis. Just like in the middle of high school, in the middle of junior high school, a couple of times in elementary school. And so seeing a story about a kid going through a move and dealing with all of that kind of stuff really hit me. Mm-hmm. And it was just so well done. And we've said already so much about it this last year. So that's all it's I so have good. to say, but I think Stephen wants to... I, I have to chime in because, guys, again, if John hadn't freaking dibsed it like... Dibs the- is the best rule. This is the only thing that separates us from animals. <laughs> <laughs> well... Punk cracker. Like, listen, lives. guys. <laughs> we don't pee when we what? We don't pee when we dibs. That's <laughs> how they dibs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's not talk like, about that. Oh my gosh, guys. Was, <sighs> I, I, I've talked about, like, Star Wars. It was a movie that, like, I want to go see this movie again. Inside Out is the movie that I actually did go see again. Every time I was with a group of friends and they're like, hey, let's go see a movie. What movie should we see? I'm like, have you seen Inside Out? <laughs> if you haven't seen Inside Out, we're going to see Inside Out. 
Like, we're not, nope, nope, don't, don't even think about suggesting something else. We're going to see Inside Out. Like, you can't wait to convert people to it. Oh, right? my gosh. Yeah. First night, I went and saw it with uh, some guy friends of mine. It was just me and a bunch of guys. And we get to that scene, the scene in the chasm. <laughs> oh. And I like, I'm looking around. I'm like wiping tears away from my eyes. I'm looking at my friends, and they're like, "Yeah, me too." And they're wiping <laughs> tears away from their eyes. It just, oh my gosh, I've never seen a movie that so perfectly captures how confused a, a child gets. Like, there's a, uh, I think it's the how it should have ended. Um, yeah. that, that points out the massive plot hole in the movie, which is, why don't they just take the, uh, memory core things and stick them in that memory recall tube where the triple dent gum jingle yeah. keeps going through? Why don't they do that? But the thing that makes Inside Out work so well for me is that it's a metaphor. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's, really, there's a reading of the movie where joy and sadness as characters, as living creatures, don't actually exist. And so that doesn't matter. The metaphor is joy and sadness are lost because this child doesn't know how to process what's happened to mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And so for me, that just, oh my gosh, I love metaphor. English major, nerd. I love metaphors. And so when there's a movie that rides on a really strong metaphor like that, I just eat it up. I, I, and I think something that works so so well to the strength of, like of, of, once again, the metaphor of how these emotions are processed is the fact that there are people and institutions that are using this movie as a way to explain to kids like how what they're feeling or like what what's going on it's so oh, my little niece was like throwing a fit and like kind of just being fussy but she's three almost four and what's what's the matter kate sadness is driving oh. <laughs> you know, she, she just, just she with can, that movie. but she can describe but how she's feeling how she's yeah. feeling sadness is in charge right now so That's so great i wanted to say that i watched some of the special features and it shows the development of the story. And I think it's really great because how many of these really creative people probably have this idea in their head, like, this is wonderful, I want to develop it, but because they're willing to, to compromise, to collaborate, they worked out some story issues where it just, they really fixed the character of Joy from what they were talking yeah. about. Joy was kind of, you know, snotty and obnoxious, you know, and really wanted to be in charge, and they pulled a lot of that back to make her more likable. Mm -hmm. where, yeah, she's still struggling, but it all comes from a place where she wants to make Riley happy. And they had, like, her and Bing Bong were lost together, and there were, like, a lot of different things that were going to be in the movie, and I think what they ended up with was just a masterpiece. Have you, oh, have you seen the short, the uh, Riley's Date short? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't oh, seen this yet. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I won't ruin the big moment then. No, but, but it's, it is, you got to see it. It's, I, oh, I like it because, gosh. once again, we get to see what's going on in other people's. Yeah. Uh -huh. And specifically the dad. Yeah. And I, I love his Inside Out people. <laughs> the best. And... Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to ruin it even, but... I gotta see this, you guys. Is, I'm excited. Amazing, so. But that's Inside Out. Yeah. Again, All right. Steven! Again. Okay, I talked about this last month, um, and I have to talk about it again. Uh, Hamilton. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hamilton is so great, you guys. Uh, a couple months ago, I, I was in this choir, and my cousin is a member of this choir, and he comes up to me, and he's like, have you heard about this Hamilton show? <laughs> and I'm like, no, what is it? He's like, well, it's it's a Broadway musical about the life of Alexander Hamilton, and it's all done in rap and hip-hop. And I, like, no, there's no way this is good. This is the funniest thing. Uh, like, a month or two later, I'm at a friend's house. I get a text from my cousin, and he's like, turn on 60 Minutes right now. Which, by the way, if you know my cousin, that's actually... Uh, 
he's one of the few guys my age who actually probably watches 60 Minutes. Right. <laughs> um, but I turn it on, and it's this uh, little uh, documentary sort of piece on uh, Hamilton. And they interview uh, the creator, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. and he just talks about how he read this biography of Alexander Hamilton and just felt so connected to this guy. And he wanted to t- take his story, present his story to uh, the world in a way that showed what America was like now. And I think that's one of the things that really captured my imagination. And it's the thing that makes this hip hopera about <laughs> one of the founding fathers. Um, it, it takes it from being a joke to something that is actually meaningful. Um, I mentioned this when I talked about it last month, and I didn't. I don't think I quite explained why I think this is so cool. Um, is that the the cast? It's all uh, quote unquote minorities. They're all black. They're all Latino. Um, the only white guy is the King of England. But it, it's like everybody else is portrayed by a non-white person. And the reasoning behind that, uh, according to this interview that I saw with uh, Miranda, is that he wanted to show America as it is today. Because today's America is a lot more uh, racially and culturally diverse than it was uh, back in the day. And even then, like, there were contributions to American history that were being made by women and being made by uh, minorities, and we just don't talk about them except during the month of February, during Black History Month. And so, to me, it's this link between the normally whitewashed history that focuses on Alexander Hamilton and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, you know, the white men, but portrayed by uh, blacks and Latinos. So, it's America today, with all of its cultural diversity, saying, no, wait a minute, these white guys, that's our heritage, too, and they're honoring it. If you listen to the soundtrack, there is so much reverence for George Washington. Like, it, it shows a lot of people's foibles. Alexander Hamilton is the uh, source of the first sex scandal that American politics ever had. Uh, Thomas Jefferson doesn't come off looking very well in this play, but Washington gets so much respect. It's pretty impressive. Um, and, I mean, the soundtrack is long. It's about three hours long, and yeah. not all of it is is great. But the songs that are great have stuck with me. Um, I, I think I mentioned that I listened to the Hamilton soundtrack while I was on my trip to Guatemala. Um, the Guatemala trip was a life-changing experience for me in a lot of ways. It feels like this experience that just, oh my gosh, I, I was able to do this thing. I went to this other country. We rode in trucks up this muddy slope and then hiked to this cave and we saw all these things that we never see in the United States. And when I came back, I wanted to keep a lot of those feelings with me. Hamilton became the soundtrack of this life-changing experience. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I come back, and um, when I'm feeling particularly unmotivated, I just start thinking, I am not throwing away my shot. I am just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I amaze and astonish. And it's just this... (laughs) Yeah, I've been memorizing rap lyrics now. (laughs) But no, um, just this soundtrack that encapsulates so much of my history... The history that I share with, uh, like, these brothers and sisters that... I'm in Utah. I don't see a whole lot of minorities. Aldo's, like, the only brown person I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, I've never felt more tied into the, the quote-unquote melting pot than I have since listening to Hamilton. The soundtrack is inspiring. It's motivating. It's unique and different. And I have this really strong personal connection to it because of when I experienced it in my life. And I can't argue with any of that. So 
I, I thought about doing a swerve and throwing something else in here from Hamilton or instead of Hamilton, but I couldn't do it because I've got such a, a connection to the show and the music now. So yeah, Hamilton. If you haven't listened to the soundtrack, do. If you haven't learned anything about Lin Manuel Miranda, go check him out on YouTube. There's a clip of him on uh, the Jimmy Fallon show where he is freestyle rapping, and it's great. Um, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, yeah, it's good stuff. Nice. Cool. They're going on tour. They are going on tour. Yes. So I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Sorry, I just love all those yay. Right <laughs> and uh, I should I should actually clarify. Um, Aldo my, is brown. Yes, Aldo is brown. But my cousin who turned me on to Hamilton, his name is Juan Carlos Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so yeah, Hamilton, love it. Awesome, Emily. So. The second thing on my list was uh, Man from Uncle. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never seen the original series. Not very many people have. I don't um, think anybody really has from our generation. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but after seeing that movie, I was really. I was surprised that I loved it as much as I did. It's just. It, the entire thing is so fun. You love these characters right away. Yeah. Even the villains, you know what I mean? You can find something to love about everybody, and there's just enough action that, like, it's an it's a spy movie. It's still an action spy movie, but I'm not bored. Because with me, <laughs> I, don't, I don't love explosions and huge actions <laughs> all the time. Like, I need some kind of contact, content or comedy or something to yeah. keep my brain focused around. Oh, I'm like, this, I'm this, this was such a funny movie. It was. That, whole, that whole bit where Kuragin is in the boat. Uh, yes. Oh. So just like having a sandwich in a truck and listening <laughs> to great Italian music. One of, one of the best moments, too, that I knew that I, I felt like I was really going to like this movie was um, Army Hammer's character was, like, trying to stop the car. And <laughs> the chick is driving and, uh, what's his name? Henry Cavill's in the back seat, his character. And he looks out the back window. He's trying to stop this car. And she goes, should we stop him? And he's like, no, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> what if you shoot him? Like that respect between professionals yeah. was really, I, I like that. One of the things I like is, it, I, to me personally, I haven't, I, I, so I, I like the uh, the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. I think they're fine movies, but I don't think they're, I don't, Think they feel like Bond movies. Mm-hmm. This movie, they feel like generic action movies to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. yeah, spot on. Um, but the thing I like about this one and Kingsman is they pretty much go back to that sixty. Oh, I loved Bond. Kingsman too. That almost made this. List. And there was <laughs> one of the things, and it, I, I, I almost feel bad saying it. One of my favorite things about this movie was all the innuendo stuff, all oh, yeah. the jokes oh, yeah. that was happening, especially <laughs> from Henry Cavill, who's Superman. And yes. hearing them talk. It's all turned on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that, I, all that, all those jokes. I, I love it. He was remarkably charming in that he movie. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, oh, it was, it was nice seeing Henry Cavill not mopey. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Well, it was also interesting to see him kill people not snapping their necks. You know what's funny about playing this? a character who's morally ambiguous, <laughs> right. as opposed to a character who shouldn't be morally ambiguous. I'm going to stop editorializing I now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think we really are just going to have a let's bash on Matt of Steel. Like but not today. Today's podcast. positivity. I didn't feel like I was a Man of Steel apologist until just now. But <laughs> you know what? 
Anyway, later. <laughs> I, later. Good year for spy movies. It was. Yeah. It really we was. We had Kingsman. We had Spy. Kingsman we was had, so good. You guys checked that uh, one out too. Uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, mm-hmm. which is great. Which is great. But it was Kingsman had, 2015. Uh, yep. Yeah. It was early in the year. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was a January a, movie. Yeah. Should have put it on my. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Man from Uncle Specter. Like you know what I loved about Man from Uncle too. Also though, we had a British person playing an American, an American playing a Russian. And and a Swedish chick and an Australian chick playing British chicks. Like, <laughs> I thought one of them was German. One was supposed to be East German. Right, right, right. Oh, the Australian yeah. was supposed to be East German. Yeah. There's a smorgasbord <laughs> of, you know, it's also really nationalities nice. playing not who they are. Yeah. It's, it's also really nice seeing a female lead that can stand her own. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, she was great. She was oh, yeah. Uh, she wasn't, like, too much. And Jared Harris was playing an American. Yes. I, We're going to get those Nazis. Uh, <laughs> Nazis. Nazis. I yeah. really like... Uh, was it Was it Hugh Grant? No. Who's the Who's the British guy that was in charge of... Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. That was Hugh Grant. Which, yeah. Hugh Grant. I missed Hugh Grant in my life. That was a <laughs> wonderful casting story. I... The thing about Hugh Grant, I, I I grew up watching a lot of chick flicks, if you can imagine that. Me what? being a female. <laughs> Whatever. Um... And after the whole scandal with him and the prostitute or whatever, he kind of just went away for a little bit. But I'm I like him a lot, so I'm happy that he came back into my life. <laughs> I hope that can, can, I, can, can I also just call out the style of this movie? Like yeah, I oh, love yeah. Guy Ritchie's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Guy, Guy, Guy Ritchie is a visionary director as far as style is concerned. Not all of his movies fire on all cylinders, but I think all of them look. Great. Yeah, they do. In the I, immortal words of Doge. Oh wow, such style, very amaze. <laughs> I, one, one of my favorite things that he does that he once again brought back for this movie is he does that little comic book thing where like there's different panels going on and mm-hmm. stuff that's happening at the same time. Yeah. And when they're going in that final kind of assault on the island and it splits off and you see everybody kind of doing their part, I was just, I was on board. I was just like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> the, the ending kind of wrap up where like you hear things going on in the background and then they they flash back to only a couple seconds before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, this was going on the whole time. I, I thought that could have been done in a better way and not just like replaying the exact same five seconds over again. Yeah. But I still loved the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Bought it as soon as it came out. Just same. So, and we did it, too. it comes down to like the style of it was just so cool. And like great music too oh, yeah. on top of that. Just really fun. Really fun. Ah, <laughs> that <would make> <laughs> just like the car chase, like she's like, We're gonna turn left. There's nowhere to go. Just go. Just, just trust go. Me. Just go. <laughs> Rammed into the building. Now take a left through the apartment. <laughs> like, the little things like that were just so cool. <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. Yeah, anyway, that's great. That's another one on my list. All right, so I'm going to go now with my favorite video game of 2015. Wait a minute, guys. Brady's doing a video game. What? Okay. I know. Surprising. I just lost money on this. <laughs> I was sure. Well, you're you know, mad at it. Well, when it comes sure. to me, you know that I'm going to be talking about video games and TV shows. That's just what I do. Um, so my favorite game of 2015, I did a video review on it, and it is Splatoon, which is such a fun Game and has probably one of the catchiest theme songs ever. Oh, just the music Sorry. in general for Splatoon is—it's weird. As somebody who has studied music all my life, like if I were to try to analyze the Splatoon soundtrack, I think I might go crazy because it's—it's it, it's just full of what sounds like random sounds, but somehow makes a song. It's—it's it, it's awesome, and you know that's—that's that's just one of the things about Splatoon is it's just oozes style from everything. The art style is 
Amazing. There was a lot of style oozing this year. Yeah. <laughs> All bandages you needed. That's a lot of utilization of the worst ooze Ooh, I've heard this year. <laughs> the art style is amazing. Okay, let me just go back here for a second. Okay. <laughs> but, but most importantly, this game is fun. It is a blast. Like, if you just take the, the main mode, which is called Turf War, um, the point of it, it's, it's an online shooter, but the point is not necessarily to get kills. It's to get the, the ground covered in your team's color. Because you have paint guns. Like Tony Hawk's uh, graffiti mode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. <laughs> um, and... But, you know, just the mechanics of how it all works is wonderful. Because, you know, you have all these different weapons. My my personal favorite is I love the paintbrush, which is this giant roller brush that you can just steamroll people down. I mean, it has absolutely no range at all, but it covers so much ground. And when you run out when you run out of ammo, which is ink, you just get it by, you can turn into a squid and swim through the ink. And as you're swimming through the ink, it, that's how you reload. <laughs> and blows my mind. How, how did that come up? What are we, we going to do about this painting game? Squids! So part of that comes from the, like, the prototype of this game was supposed to be like a sequel, like a spiritual sequel to Mario Sunshine. Okay. So they wanted to do something with like the water gun. And that's right. kind of where they like expand. And Japan likes their squids. They do. I gotta say, um, I went to Salt Lake Comic Con this year, um, and one of my favorite activities was to go around and take pictures with all the cosplayers. Uh-huh. One of my favorite cosplay pictures I got is of a... Like, I went and talked to this uh, young woman who was dressed up as the squid girl from Splatoon, and she's just, like, jabbing me in the chest with a giant ink roller. That's awesome. Oh, man, it was such fun. And that game has inspired a lot of a lot of people. To oh, yeah. It, like, it has, they love the look of it. It has a very, very strong um, strong following, especially in Japan. Yeah. Like, the like Japan is going crazy over this game still. And I, I really look forward to see... To seeing what Nintendo continues so to do, they're having like paid tournaments in Japan with this game. Oh yeah, like it's, it's they, they 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 had they had a tournament recently that where the prize was like a million bucks. Yeah, like it's 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 insane. Like there's sponsors. Like this quickly became an esport in Japan. I think it's slowly doing it over here too. Yeah, I, I, I think it's at Evo this year. If I no, remember not right. Evo. No, not not Evo. Um, what was it? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. Ah, uh, yeah, but it, it's yeah. at one of the big gaming competitions yeah. this year. I think I think MLG is trying to get rights to do it because they're trying to come back. Anyways, anyway. yeah, I think it's cool that it's a first-person shooter style, so you get that kind of gameplay without it being violent. Exactly, I can play and it so in front of my kids. kids. I can play it with my kids. Yeah, I think yeah. one of my favorite. Things that's come out of it is the stupid pun where people are like, "You gotta be squidding me," and I was like, "Oh." My God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. All the yeah. sad <laughs> art is absolutely amazing, and you know, I, another one of my favorite things, and I, I bring this up in the review, is you know, as you first load up the game and you just walk around in like this little city center where you can go and you can buy new weapons and gear that that you know upgrade different things but you have just different people walking around and they all have those meverse bubbles so if you don't know what meverse is it's basically like a nintendo social network where you can just do posts from a game and 
So some of the comments there are absolutely hilarious. Some of them are a little bit inappropriate, but yeah. they're just all these people I'm online. No, yeah. Yeah. That so weird. I just think to myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. It's hilarious, but terrible. <laughs> well, and and you know, it's it's sometimes kind of adorable because you can tell that there are younger kids playing this game, like eight-year-olds trying to write things and mm -hmm. totally misspelling everything, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. but, Are you sure it's not you? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but it, this game is a lot of fun, and I really recommend it to everyone who has a Wii U. And if you do have it on the Wii U and you would like to do some playing online, I'm ready to jump in with you because it's it's a blast. Yeah, it's a good game. Cool! All right. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Quite the pause pressure, there. Pressure, pressure. Under pressure. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. <laughs> Can we get a camera in here sometime? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we should have just Emily provide all interstitial music. Between <laughs> 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 the, uh, uh, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Oh, my all gosh. Day. Um, so so my, my number one pick of 2015, this is the only thing on my list that wasn't taken by somebody else, and thus is not a number two, <laughs> it's actually a number one, um, was uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 edition. Yeah. Cool. Uh, which I have to I have to say, this is, as a disclaimer, I, I, so over the summer I worked for uh, Disney Interactive Entertainment uh, in one of their Utah studios here, Avalanche Studios, who is the people that work and created the Disney Infinity game. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked with them as a tester for 2.0, and I came back this year, or last year, for their 3.0 game. And I, I, I love that game, and, it's, and, I th and I think people don't understand that when you test games, you typically get sick of games. I actually did not like Infinity 2.0. I was sick of that game. I almost did not come back to, play th to test 3.0, but a job's a job. Um... And money is delicious. Mm -hmm. And when your job is playing a video game, I don't complain that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, darn. So I put in, I mean, well over 400 hours with that game, I mean, just from work. And then I, and then I, they gave me a copy um, when the game was released, and then they then they fired me. Um, <laughs> that was my severance. Here you go, now get out. <laughs> so I... I've been buying more of the game, um, more of the uh, more of the figures, which the figures look fantastic. Like oh yeah, the Han Solo and Chewie and Luke Skywalker. Eh, Skywalker looks mad. Um, <laughs> well, like, I didn't have a lot of screen time to work with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about that? Anyways, <laughs> so so I mean, the big focus with 3.0 was. Was the uh, was Star Wars because they got the because Disney purchased Lucas uh, Films. What? Why did that happen? What? I'm kidding. While you were living on a I knew this. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, so See, there's this thing that's called the internet. It can give you information. Your mom can give you information. Ooh. Like how to make cookies. Yeah. Oh, my mom makes good cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of so a lot of the story stuff comes from like the Star Wars games. There's an Inside Out playset where it's a side scroller where you have to pick up. It's a platforming, and half the missions are side scrollers, the other ones are not. And you have to find balloons and get orbs and memory pieces, and it's a super fun. It's actually really challenging. I'd love to hear Lewis Black in the recording studio, like, okay, now say this. What? <laughs> I don't think that, like, that's his, like, yeah. I can't see him playing a video game. No, anyway. no but, um, but it does, they did get hints. Yeah, they did, yeah. Which is fantastic. Amazing. Um, so, so that's one of the things, so... 
now now that I'm not testing as because when I was playing the game when I was working at testing the game, uh, my stuff my job was focusing on network play so uh, doing all the multiplayer stuff so I never got to do a lot of the play sets by myself. So once I have the game, that's what I've been pumping a lot of my time into has been playing the the Star Wars story modes. Which has been like a Clone Wars playset. There's an original trilogy playset. There's a Force Awakens playset. Um, is there a Rebels one coming? No, there isn't. Okay. They do have the Rebels characters. Yeah, though. they do have all four. Uh, well, the, the four main characters from Rebels. They don't have Hera, but they do have. Oh, do Hera's just, my favorite. But they have Sabine. Um, <laughs> Sabine is also good. Sabine is fantastic. She's my favorite character to use. So I've been pumping a lot of time going through like the story modes. But the thing, the reason I love this game so much is the game creation tools. Because it has the separate mode called the Toy Box, which just puts you into this big, like, empty space, and you can start building inside of it. So you have, like, basic blocks, and you have buildings and structures and stuff that you collect as you play through the story modes. So you can recreate Manhattan from the Spider-Man playset. You can create uh, Nowhere from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I didn't know that. You can create, like, mazes from Inside Out. Um, like the, I liked when you can unlock bits of the park, so I put Epcot... In the yeah. middle of mine, and like That's the fun. cave of wonders opening, like the big tiger <laughs> yeah. in the sand. So it's, so it's it's really awesome. There's a lot of stuff like that you can do, and so I spend a lot of time building uh, like games in there. Like I built an infinite runner uh, type thing. I've I've built races. I built like a little battle combat arena and a little like puzzle thing where you and another person have to like get out of a prison together by unlocking by finishing puzzles for each other. And, like, there's a lot that you can do, and, like, the tools this time around are so much better than they've ever been, and so much more stable than 2.0 was. <laughs> um, so, this is something I've been spending a lot of money and a lot of time on um, recently, and it's it's my favorite thing. I, With the exception of, like, the, the you know, the 400 plus hours I put into it for work, which I, I think it's even more than that, because I, what are you, like, 12... 12 times 40. Eh, almost like 500 hours. Don't expect us to do math right now. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm trying to remember how long I worked. Today. Reviews versus the world is no place for math. Reviews, Reviews versus arithmetic. Oh. Uh, Worst podcast. Uh, I will reside one. if that happens. I fought arithmetic and arithmetic won. <laughs> but uh, I just I put in an ungodly amount of time in this game, and I am still coming back to it every week and just playing more and more of it. I love it. Which, I love it. With a game like that, you, it could be just a money grab where it's like you have to buy all the little figures if you want to play with yeah. them. And, but each little guy is its own game, and so it, it's worth it. I it's one of those things where like, I really wanted to play Lego Dimensions, but when the reviews came out that it was still the same Lego gameplay, I was like, I don't need to pay $20 to have an extra Lego figure and just play the same game that I've had for like yeah. the last 10 years. Yeah. Especially when they're still releasing them. Yeah, exactly. This is... Right. Yeah, so I'm I'm really happy with it. I, I I actually hop on the Reddit boards a lot and help people when they need when they ask questions like how do I do this? I'm like, well, let me tell you. Here's the <laughs> let me tell you, Sonny boy. At hour three ninety seven, I ran into that glitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Oh. Uh, but, uh, I just love this idea that Aldo has a log of what he did with each hour on Disney Infinity. <laughs> yeah. Hours 411 to 457 are just weep uncontrollably. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, my number one thing last year was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, wait, wait, wait. There was a Star Wars movie last year? You betcha there was. 
It's not like we did a podcast and you were there or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can't be held accountable for anything that happens, you know, more than a day away. <laughs> like, I have slept since then and forgotten all previous... Um, I have four kids. Leave we me have, alone. We, we have talked about this a lot um, uh, at length. And some of us were right, and although and Stephen were wrong. Hey, I liked the movie. You couldn't tell you liked the movie. I said nice things about it at least once. It looks pretty. <laughs> Aldo's point is that it's it's uh, um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And my rebuttal is, yeah, so what? <laughs> uh, I just wanted something original after... You Ten know what, though? Do you think we'll get it? Years of waiting. We, we, we we'll did. It. it was called the prequels. I, just, I do not want that. I'd rather yeah, watch oh the prequels God. again. I'm, I'm just oh, laughing. Oh. Aldo was like, Aldo said, oh, I loved Jurassic World because it wasn't just a rehash of Jurassic Park. Well. Um, except you, didn't, mm, you had Chris Pratt punching tiny flying dinosaurs. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do a fan edit. And put Chris Pratt in the background. Just punching where's punching big headed flying. Like punching those in the back. those rap you like cars. It more then? So, okay, so so to be fair, the things I did like about The Force Awakens is it's four main cast characters. Which were yeah, fantastic. Uh, amazing. Amazing. I wish they would have been able to go on their own journey instead of just following in the footsteps. They will. I, they will. And so here's my thing. I don't you give it setup time, Aldo. Good to what I'm saying. <laughs> What if, so my thing is, I feel like a, as a standalone movie, I think Force Awakens kind of fails. It's very much just two hours. Yeah. It, no. <laughs> two hours of pandering no. to fans who can't let go. No. But as it's also a movie that's not built to stand on its own. It's a movie that's built to set up a new trilogy. So does it do that job well? That's what I don't know yet. <laughs> oh, because, because so much of that's going to be depends on the next because movie. Because if, <laughs> if episode eight turns out to be another copy of like the the original trilogy, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be like, I'm not even going to watch episode nine. But I feel confident. I'm allergic to all those lies right now. <laughs> so I, I think that we have to go on with John being positive about I, Star Wars. I'm sorry. Just no, let's let, let him empty his let me, let me finish. <laughs> so the thing is, though, it's it's it has set up. We know what the characters are. We know what their motivations are. We know parts of their past. Because that's... It's a movie that's set up to be part of a trilogy. I'm just waiting for the rest of the trilogy to come out. Because if everything else is just more hours of pandering, I don't think it's going to be a good movie. But if the other two movies are fantastic joyrides where I'm going to be wowed and amazed, then it'll be. You think it'll make it better? Yeah. It'll elevate it because it'll. Yeah. It's it's like like reading. Fair point. That is a very valid point. Very valid. It would be like judging um, a book by just the first five chapters instead of all 15. Mm. So, there you go. You read books that only have 15 chapters? I read books that have 24 pages and have pictures. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder we're friends. (laughs) Uh, I read the first five chapters of my calculus textbook, and I can tell you the rest did not (laughs) hold (laughs) up. Oh, man. Did you know Newton did it? He was the bad guy the whole time? I tricked you. I think it's Leibniz. Is it there's order in there? But it was Newton. I do. I do have to say that rotten son of a bee. I do have to say my favorite moment from the whole movie was probably when they're in the Falcon and his and the gun gets stuck and she does the thing where she just like 
Uh, yeah. She flips the falcon and like the the guy just passes right and <laughs> and I was like that was pretty cool. I wanted to, I wanted oh, to freeze show. frame that and put it on a motivational poster. Teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give me a high five. I wish I would have uh, love those, those characters. Oh, I yeah. could watch. You know, at um, museums or grocery stores <laughs> or places where you put in like a penny and it like circles around and around and around and around and finally drops down to the center hole. Yeah. Thing. yeah. We all are on the same page. Yes. Talking about. I could watch a movie where BB-8 is stuck in one of those. <laughs> oh my god! Perfectly happy. I didn't know I wanted that until just now. In your head, and no matter what mood you're in, it'll make you grin. Gray skies are gonna clear up. Put on a happy face. The Spiro Company, the ones that made the little BB-8 toy, have a little like eight second clip of him on a record. Writing on it, and if you just loop that, it's perfect. I will send Oh, that's amazing. This is the Happiest I've ever been, you guys. <laughs> this is that. Oh, ever okay. Been in your life. So your dating life's not going very well, I see. <laughs> Let's throw Steve okay. in the party where you everyone has to bring a hug. <laughs> Stop it! Now you sound like my mom. Hashtag so, life so, John, uh, um, so John, what else did you like about the Force Awakens? <laughs> what else didn't I like? Well, uh, let me just—I I might have mentioned this a bit, a lot, a lot, a lot. Since I was avoiding all the trailers, I didn't have. I didn't know uh, I, it could have been awful. It could have been the best thing ever. And up until, like, literally in my seat, in the theater, ready to watch the movie, I was like, oh, no, it's going to be Phantom Menace. And my Because I was just so excited for it and was, like, just too much was, was built on it, you know? You're feeling too many feels. You didn't too know many what feels. And then... The, the titles came up and everything was all right. Yep. Yeah. Luke Skywalker has is, is vanished. Such a <laughs> good, such a good line to open so, the crawl with. Oh yeah. Oh it was yeah. Great. Because it brings you in right away. Yeah. You're like, say what? And then yeah. And then and just the new characters, how they're introduced, the little, the little things with Ray, and how you slowly get to kind of piece together what she's all about. Right. And oh, that moment when she pulls the lightsaber with the force. Oh my gosh, guys. And then she cries. <laughs> and she cries. Wait. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking about it. she touches it. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh no, I have a destiny. <laughs> Sorry. What do you oh cry? My I cry about my destiny. <laughs> oh, I have to. I have to adult. I don't want to adult today. <laughs> I, I I cry about my destiny. You mean I have to pay for both expansion packs and the Pick and King in order to keep playing? How <laughs> did I, I know that joke Because <laughs> <laughs> you're playing Destiny. Yeah. So we've we've already talked a lot about, about Star Wars. Yeah, we have. Go back I mean, and listen next to that year, podcast. I promise I'll have movies that aren't like blockbusters. No, you won't. Because you're gonna talk I'm, about Rogue One. No, talk about Civil War. I'm gonna talk about Sing Street. Guys, <laughs> wait for our review about Sundance because Sing Street is where it's at. Oh my gosh, it was such a good movie. It's <laughs> our it's like gonna stay in my top ten for this year, if not like top three for next year when we wrap up this year because it was amazing. Very nice. Holla. But, yeah. Steven. Okay, so Inside Out was very, very, very much my number one movie of the year. I loved it. It was great. It was going to be my number one on this list until John took it. <laughs> so I had to think about 2015 and think what other things came out that I enjoyed. And so my mind immediately kind of went the same route that John did. Which movies did I have the most fun with in the theater? And we have barely talked about this movie on the podcast, I think. But it was my favorite movie that wasn't Inside Out, and it was almost certainly the most fun I had in the theater. And that was Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. 
cinematography <laughs> behind that movie is science. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie. Like, like, seriously, like, you could take a freeze frame of any second of that movie and have that be your desktop background. Like, it is It is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever so seen. Well and that's a off. weird thing to say about a movie where a guy gets his face tied to the bumper of a car and then it gets ripped off. The face, not the bumper. Um, yeah, like, I don't do well with violence, and so the visceral no. violence that's in Mad like, Max Fury Road is the reason that I haven't really been able to watch it when, that much. When the pregnant lady falls out, oh, I was like, oh. That looked oh, like yeah, that's oh, really horrible. Oh, there's some. It's like uh, it was a horrifying movie really? in a lot of ways. But at the same time, on the way home from the theater, I didn't want to be driving the car. I wanted to be standing on top of it with a guitar that shot fire. <laughs> <laughs> like the the movie was. Uh, you know those heavy metal album covers? This movie was that. <laughs> but you tur- you actually put the the album on, and it's all all it is is like. You know, like that song that Batman sings in Lego Batman? Darkness! <laughs> no parents! I love Mad that. Max Fury Road is the heavy metal album cover that actually delivers on the incredible imagery. Um, like, we, we've raved about the visuals, but we have to talk about the acting. Specifically, Charlize Theron. Theron. Oh my gosh! That woman is insane. I would not, would not be surprised if I had found out that she'd actually cut her arm off to play (laughs) the role of Furiosa. Um, But Furiosa is the character find, I think, of 2015. In a lot of just oh my god, that cosplay. I think Emily and Curtis are not in the same camp. (laughs) That's okay. It's my turn to talk. I I hate the fact that it only took like a week until we had like sexy. What's his name, Joe? The guy Sexy Morton Joe. Good yeah, gracious. Isn't his jaw coming off and his teeth are out? <laughs> I still haven't seen the movie. It took a, oh, it's no, great. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. But so, it's like grafted on his face. Speaking of incredible cosplay at Comic-Con, I talked a little bit about the, uh, the cosplay that I saw for Splatoon. One of my favorite cosplays was there was a man in a wheelchair, and mm-hmm. he was being pushed around. He was dressed up as a war boy. <laughs> from Mad Max Fury Road, and you could hear him anywhere on the sales floor. You're over in Artist Alley. He is over by the celebrity appearances, and you can hear him. Witness me! <laughs> he was having so much fun, and just that. Oh man, the the way that this movie created the sort of dialogue that the people who saw it could have. I mean, just go to Amazon and read the the consumer reviews of that, <laughs> like, chrome yeah. spray. Oh, my God. My favorite is the three-star review that just says mediocre. <laughs> like, Mad Max Fury Road was one of the most quotable movies of the summer. It was one of Which the most... Which for a movie with such little dialogue is saying a lot. was right. so fun. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis, we are not things. <laughs> and we have to talk about that, too. Mad Max Fury Road is a surprisingly feminist movie. Yes. Mad Max is barely in it. Like, the main character, the title character, is not the focus. The focus is on uh, Furiosa and her desire to save these women from this horrible life that they've been forced into. It is... Oh, man, I... I Honestly, have which I don't, I don't know how much you've been reading on like the fan theories, but there's a fan theory that it's not even Max. Yeah, it's a character from like one of the other movies because he has some object that Max shouldn't have that he gives to another character, and he has that. You know, there are a lot of fan theories. There's that fan theory about what's his name being a Sith Lord, and I think Jar Jar. Yeah, that's, people are stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, between the incredible designs on the vehicles, the great practical effects, the 
what's his name, the Doof Warrior, the guy, mm. the, the, the guitarist, the massive car with the drums on the oh, back. Just the oh, and, and, and just just like hearing the drums in the, the background. The Warboy just... Cult is actually Woo! really interesting. It's, it develops like that. Like in, in less than like the ten minutes you understand what the Warboys are about. Yeah, there's better world building in that movie than there is in the entirety of the Peter Jackson Hobbit trilogy, I would say. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, just... The, the... Which is a shame because it already had the world building. I know! <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. We're losing our fan. <laughs> you know, I, I will say, as I'm looking over at Curtis, and as I've talked to a lot of people about this movie, it is one of the most divisive movies that I have that I've ever seen. People either love, 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 love it, or hate it and don't understand why people enjoy it. I, I love the argument of people going like, it's a feminist story with great character development and world building, and then there's the other side of the people that are like, it's There's a, no story. It's a two-hour-long car chase, and they make a U-turn in the middle. They have because both. it is! <laughs> it is! Isn't that a, it is two hours of car chase. That's not my point! Three seconds of acting. Of the three seconds of acting, and the acting isn't that good for those three isn't seconds. That the, isn't that the point? Awful, it's a, it's a terrible car Tom Hardy doesn't just... need to make any more movies. <laughs> they don't need another Mad Max. So <laughs> the car chase is incredible. Okay. Save us, Emily. Say something. Calm down, testosterone! I've got to say this. I, I've got to say oh, this. I've been waiting to talk for so long. Okay. Shush. It's Emily's turn. Shush. Emily's turn. Shush. Emily's turn. Best. Emily's turn. Shush. Thank you, Stephen. Now, as the only female in the room, I have some things to say. Okay, 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 okay. Yes, the movie was really gorgeous, and yes, the practical effects were awesome. The only good actor in the movie was Nicholas Holt. Charlize Theron did not do it for me. Uh, not even a little bit. I know she's amazing in a lot of other things. This was not it. He was, he and, was, the, he was the war boy, right? And Nux. Okay. Nux. Yeah. yeah, he was Nux. He was fabulous, but I love him all the time. Anyway, this movie... I didn't movie, realize he was the without a boy boy. Yeah. I shut the entire <laughs> universe. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this movie... I, 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 as, as a side note, I think that <gasps> War Bodies is one of the underrated movies out there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Emily's gonna deck you. You keep interrupting her. You keep her. going on tangents and interrupting other people. It drives me insane. <laughs> anyway, let's remind people about your opinion on acting. Who has a degree in theater? Anyway, that Thank doesn't you. matter. Okay. <laughs> you do. Let me tell you this: I do not know a single female that really enjoyed this movie. This is, and maybe that's being sexist to my own gender, whatever. Doesn't do it for me as a female. Again, I don't like big things blowing up car chases. That that doesn't do anything for me. I my wanted, wife. My wife loves <laughs> the okay. movie. Brave beautiful wife, Amanda. <laughs> Keep going. You go, Amanda. Anyway, it just didn't do anything for yeah. me. As as a, I, I never mm-hmm. need to see it again. I don't feel any ties to it. It was cool to watch maybe once, but I, it was not of quality so in any capacity. Car chases and stuff than, blowing up. Revs my engine. See, That's good. Okay, so 
I respect Emily's opinion. However, since this is my number one choice, I have to end the conversation on a positive note. <laughs> do it. I, I'm, I'm totally going to have okay to do with that. Okay, so I had zero interest. Mad Max was not on my radar. Yeah. Until I started reading the reviews that were popping up about it on a feminist nerd website called The Mary Sue that is contributed to primarily by women writers. Mm -hmm. And how many of them were attracted to the character of Furiosa for her strength and for her oh uh, <laughs> resilience. <laughs> I need to go she home. does have resilience. Curtis, I'm ending on the positive note. <laughs> Please finish, Stephen. This is your positive. I have to say, again, my expectations were so like I didn't have any going into this movie, and then I go in and I just didn't expect it to be as beautiful as it was. Didn't That's expect it to true. be as exciting as it was, and you know I'm gonna just say this because I get to have the last word, Curtis. I loved the story. Mm -hmm. So much story. How much story there was. <laughs> These like people take the ultimate road trip and they come back from it stronger than they ever were. <laughs> if you simplify it that way, yeah. <laughs> There's smoke coming out of Curtis's ears. And now we He's move on to Emily. Good I, I, I'd like to call. I like to call out Mad Max Theron back again. <laughs> <laughs> Theron back again. That was so good, you guys. Did you hear that? That was the best. If you didn't, you need to rewind. That was so good. <laughs> Emily, 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 you're. My fiance is seeing stars. He, he, he needs to be calmed down. Talking about something that it's he one will of enjoy. Stars, Nicholas My most Stern. favorite thing from 2015 was I got engaged at Disneyland. Oh, Boom. I'm done. Man, I hate Disneyland. <laughs> We're talking about there's, being engaged. There's no character development in Disneyland. You we just walk around in a circle and occasionally you spin on something. <laughs> and then a kid cries. Lots no character cry. development at all. You call that a big world except, after all. Except you deal with ladies in the Star Wars. Oh my gosh. I, this story. I don't know if I told this on this podcast. We got off of, of Star Tours and we go we go into this, you know, the shop where they're selling all the Star Wars crap, right? There was this old lady working there who probably shouldn't have been working there because she had so much nasty attitude for a Disney employee. Like, not cool. We went over to the lightsaber little place where you could make your own lightsaber. There were these kids over there and she was like trying, I know she was trying to get order because you have to start at a certain end and then end at a certain end to make the lightsaber or whatever. First, Curtis and I, he was just showing it to me because I hadn't been in that store. I hadn't gone to Disneyland before that since I was like 12 or something. You know what I mean? It'd been forever. And then this lady was like, are you lost, sir? <laughs> it's like, one, shut up. I'm at Disneyland. Two, don't talk to me. And then, as we're as we're looking through, there are these two kids that are just like dinking around trying to build a lightsaber, or whatever. And she's yelling at these children, telling them, "No, you have to start over here. You have to do this and this and this." It's like at the end of it, one of the little boys was like, "I don't want a lightsaber anymore, Mom." Oh, like what an awful lady! Oh, dude, to make someone not want a lightsaber to make a child not just she, somebody. What, what, was she child. wearing an imperial uniform? She, she should have been. Eight. And yelling in a Scottish accent? No. <laughs> I do Short like Bill Weasley as... You're a dead man. Boy, that's the wrong guy. <laughs> anyway. Han Solo. But Disneyland was that's my terrible. favorite 20. Yeah. Now, okay, love, love what can I ask? Like what, where in the park you guys got engaged? We got engaged. Okay. So here's... <laughs> I'll tell the story quickly. He's awfully proud We'd of We had it planned for a long time. I had no idea. Like a boss. The day before, we were at our hotel, and he's like, you know... 
sometime during the day we should go to to the castle and take pictures. And I'm like, sure, why not? So we got on a couple rides and then we went over to the castle. There weren't a lot of people there because it was still early in the day at the park. And so they're taking pictures and we're smiling and then he tells the camera person, keep taking pictures. (laughs) And then he gets down on one knee and pulls it out and I get really ugly cry face going and it was a good time. So so it was in front of the camera. Right. (laughs) If you have diabetes. (laughs) <laughs> Curtis, if you didn't before, you'll have it after that story. Good so, job. Yeah, that's it. Friend of mine at his uh, friend of mine at work loves Disney. He's obsessed with all things Disney. Mm-hmm. He, like knows his stuff, and for some reason didn't had the ring with him, but didn't propose at Disneyland. Oh. Like he was sick. His fiance was sick. His oh. now wife or whatever, yeah. and, and like is still in trouble for it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure. like you know, didn't quite propose like he'd intended to. Had mm-hmm. like it just plans didn't work out for whatever reason, and that's understandable. But then he's just like, oh no, like, <laughs> I didn't. My, I didn't propose. You know, that's my, awesome. My favorite that. thing about this is looking over in the corner and seeing like Curtis's really smug face because he's so proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> Because he asked me a thousand times after they like, did you know? But really, did you know? Because it's not like I'm a dummy. It's just well, like, I didn't... Well, you guys discussed it before? Like, yeah, we talked about it, but yeah. I was going to Disneyland to go to Disneyland. <laughs> so you're in Disney mindset and I am. I was very focused on. on finding Goofy and meeting Goofy <laughs> and going on some rides and probably, like, getting a sunburn. I don't care. <laughs> I, like, I had talked about it with my wife, and, like, we had actually, like, looked at rings and stuff, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be, you know, like... She knew it was coming, so I, okay, she would say yes. Yeah. But also wanted to, like, surprise her, and it surprised her. So. Right. Good. Aww. Yay, Aww. Gay Is that Snow White's castle, officially? Because oh. Cinderella is in Florida. Yeah, I guess that would be Snow White's castle, technically. Uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle. It's Sleeping Beauty's castle? It's Sleeping Beauty's castle. <laughs> castle. Okay. It's Princess Aurora. Okay. I've all, again, only been there, like, twice in my life, so. I don't get the stats like Curtis does. He's he's a he's more of a vet he's than like, I am. Yeah, I got all the hidden Mickey's. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him a bag. You gotta tell the story about the bag. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so this is why Curtis is here. I've been wondering. <laughs> you gotta tell the story. Quickly I thought he was just bag. here to crap on my life. Review versus the fact checking. <laughs> like Curtis. No. No, I'm sorry. Before guys. we move on to Brady's, uh, the the one of the funniest parts of this whole story was that the day before we'd gone to the beach. And I, I left, I, I had put my purse in my bag and put my wallet in his bag or something, just because I don't know. And so we came back from the beach and I was looking for my wallet and I was rummaging through his bag to find it. I'm like, where did I put it? <laughs> the ring was in the ring box in that bag. <laughs> I didn't find it. But as I was rummaging through there, he's like, don't look through my bag! <laughs> it's how I... <laughs> he's like, and he stops dead and he's like, it's how I like it. And I just, oh, no! Don't go through my bag! It's how I like it. And I, I should have suspected at that point, but I'm just like, okay, sorry, whatever. And moved on. Saved by oblivious. <laughs> how many guys can say that? Like, You're welcome. <laughs> Close just, call. Right. I really came to be quiet in the corner. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, I like, so I, like, I like just. I, there's no way this story would have been as good without Curtis being in the corner, just like. No. Anyway, that should be the video podcast. Is just Curtis's reaction while everyone else talks. Oh, you. So I, I really wish that you guys out there in podcast land could have seen Curtis while we started talking about Mad Max. Oh my god, he was so. Mad. Like seriously, it's what it reminds me of is: Have you ever 
you know, boiled milk and then see that start to, you know, start to boil up. And then all of a sudden it's overflowing <laughs> off of the side. That was Curtis. That was 100% Curtis. <laughs> You're almost like the coach on the sideline whose team is losing. <laughs> there, there, was, there was like a moment where he stood up getting ready to leave. His head was like on the door. He was out that, of here. That and I've been wearing this fur hat the entire time. I think I'm going to bring my own next time because it's cold in here. Like the snow on the mountains and the, the clouds over him today, it looked like Saruman was trying to kill Gandalf or something. <laughs> it was cold and snowy today. So. All right, Brady, wrap us up. All right. So my number one might surprise you guys. Is it a video game? It's, a, it's it not a video game. Okay. Oh, I'm surprised. Is, it, is it a TV show? It's a TV is show. It a TV show on <gasps> FX. It's a TV show on FX. Is it the second season of a TV show on FX that you talked about a lot? Yeah. It, it, it's Fargo. <laughs> Fargo season two, guys. Oh my gosh! What is <laughs> I know. Fargo? Wins the whole pool. He said Fargo. <laughs> oh man. Guys, do you have a review up for this already? Yeah. Yep, the review's yeah. up. Yeah. It, it, it's up as of Monday? This Perfect. Week? So, it's out there. You guys should go and watch it. Um, I, won't, I won't be too long talking about it here, because I want you guys to go and watch the review instead. But I, I said this in the review, and I actually, the more and more I think about it, the more I agree with it. Um, just because of the more he agrees with himself. Yeah, the more I agree with myself. You know how but, right I am? Think that... about it for a minute and you'll see too. <laughs> but this, like, like I, I went, I went into, I went into season two of Fargo with very high expectations. Um, season one of Fargo was some of the best television that I've ever watched. Um, and this is like, coming right off of watching all of Breaking Bad. This is when I started Fargo season one. So, like, the caliber was, you know, the bar was already set pretty high, and I was blown away by it. And then season two, I thought, yeah, there's no way that it can even live up to it, but it actually surpassed it in every way. It it was more consistent. You had more than just, you know, a couple of great characters. Everyone was great. The acting was all phenomenal. Everyone stood, everyone was, ah, it was it was just really, really, really good, guys. And what the heck was... is Aldo giggling about? <laughs> Like he is serious. Are, are you are going back to cereal? Is that it? I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, laughing about John's last comment. We like what? the the thing where like have you have you seen how right I am or something? <laughs> 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 yeah. I might have I might have misheard Brady because it sounded like he agreed with himself, yeah. not that he had thought <laughs> yeah, more like... about. <laughs> Yeah, no, so yeah. No, you know, we all thought the exact same thing. Okay. Here, here, here is what I agreed with myself on. For those of you who can't see Brady, he is currently breaking his wrist as he pats himself <laughs> on the back. It, it, is, it is, in my opinion, the single greatest season of a television, of a television show that I have ever watched. Ooh. Do you think that okay. we've switched to where more serious stuff is being done on TV than in films? Yeah. It seems Definitely. Like yeah. There's more character development possibilities because you have more time to tell a story. Well, it, it, exactly. I mean, you, you take, that, or you you take any film. sort of love story in a single movie and you're going to have a lot of contrived elements because you have to because it has to be fit into an hour and a half movie unless it's only about the love story. Mm. Um, where, you know, on a TV show, you can you can have it last, and you can really develop your characters. And that's why, overall, I do prefer TV to movies, because I, if I'm going to get invested in something emotionally, I want to be able to get 
to really know the characters. And I think that's also why I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe as much as I do, because it, it really is like a TV show that's stretched out over these movies that have, you know, long waits in between, but that's why I love it so much, because it's not just, you will get to love these characters for this one movie, and that's it. Yeah. But you'll get to love these characters from this one movie who are going to meet characters from another movie who are going to, you know, and we're going to have more characters introduced and they'll all get to know each other. They'll all develop. And that's why I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that's why I love TV. And then you watch the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show, which is much inferior. You know what I love <laughs> about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I finally have a big enough reference pool to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. You didn't before? I no. was going to say. Haven't you seen Ocean's Eleven? Nope. That's a perfect... I was just going to say... What? That just happened, guys. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> now, everybody, cool. Steven hasn't seen a lot of things, so this shouldn't be a big surprise. Yeah, anybody. I don't know why you guys are continually shocked by this. <laughs> we just need to develop a repertoire, strap him down into a chair, glue... Like super glue or hot glue, whatever, his eyelids open. Yeah, we're clockwork orange him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? I've read the book. Ah. <laughs> okay. 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 So, anyways, so Fargo. Anyway, so Fargo season two is absolutely wonderful. Um, I have to do a special shout out to Kirsten Dunst. I do like. She Yo, was amazing. I, I don't. I don't like Kirsten Dunst in most of the things that she's in. <laughs> I think that the thing that, that the last thing that I liked her in since you know before Fargo was probably Jumanji. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I don't get over it. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of Kirsten Dunst, but here she just knocks it out of the park. Um, and there's one. There's one element that I bring up in my review that might be a negative for some people. There's a random UFO in a couple of seasons. That just is not explained at all, and it's only like the characters even only even acknowledge it a couple of times. But my favorite, my favorite thing was, you know, there's just there's this episode with this huge shootout, and Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons' characters are, you know, they're, they're escaping the scene, and you know, right as there's there's a UFO, and that's what kind of stops people who are still, you know, in the middle of the shootout, mm -hmm. and as and as their names are Peggy and Ed, and as they're getting away, um, Kirsten Dunst turns to turns to Jesse Plemons and goes, "Oh, it's just a UFO, Ed. Come on." And that's it. So, so <laughs> and my it's wonderful. Is, this is not. Is this connected to the first season at all? Yes. Okay. Um, but you, they also stand separately. Okay. Um, basically, in the first season, that the main detective who actually knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Um. The best character of the first season who's not, uh, not one really of the bad Bob guys. Martin. Yeah, or, or Martin Freeman. Yeah. Um, but it's Molly, who, it's the story of her dad, who's a diner owner in the, in the first season. Um, but he used to be a cop. And so it's the story of what happens to him. And he actually references it a couple of times in season one. Um, and so you actually have Molly as a little girl in it as well. And there's actually a really, really cool tie-in with the last episode that just makes you go, oh, oh, that's, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever made those noises before, but, but maybe I will. If you watch Fargo, you will. Or if you hang out with Brady more. Maybe. <laughs> so is Stephen the only person who's seen season one? Probably. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's a thing I've seen. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, I, so season one right now is on Steven. Hulu. I recommend going and checking it out. Um, Really highly recommend it, but even if you don't have access to season one, 
if you can find access to season two, get it because it's it's wonderful. I've guys. heard lots of good things about it, the show. It is the best show on television, and I'm a little bit sad that I have to wait until 2017 to get more of it. <sighs> but yeah, and that's it for our list. Wow. Wow. I got movies coming out this month, or next month, rather. Yeah, movies. There are four in February that I think we should take note of. The new Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited for They're drawing a lot of attention to George Clooney being in it and everything like that, but we know his character gets kidnapped, and we know that like all the scenes they show in the trailer are from like the same probably couple of scenes in the movie, yeah. so I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, same day, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies comes out. My <laughs> wife is so excited for this one. It's She's been... getting a decent amount of buzz, Yeah, which I, I gotta say, I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, or started reading it, and I just like couldn't finish it, because I'm like, man, this book would be so good if all these zombies weren't in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, and as it turns out, it is. I love Pride and Prejudice. But um, no, you're a three smart person, of that Stephen. Film, <laughs> the book's pretty good. But the thing that's really got me excited about it is uh, the the buzz that's being generated around Matt Smith, mm-hmm. who's playing Mr. Collins, who is the one of the funniest characters. The oh. wiener. He's the wiener. I, oh, I can't. I can't. And he's played by Doctor Who. By this will be Catherine de Bourgh. Oh, <laughs> in, in, in the Karen Knightley movie version too, she's oh. he's, he looks like this, like looks over, like oh. Sick. You know you're not supposed to like him, no, right? No, you're not. And and the actors who have played him have done a fabulous job in making me think oh. of how much of a wiener they are. Oh, sorry. February twelfth. Yeah. Getting ready for Valentine's Day. No. Dead, Deadpool comes out. <laughs> I the more I hear about it, the least likely I am to see it. That's how I feel too. It's going to be filthy and awful and terrible. On purpose. I know. Um, I know. That's like, that that's, is the whole point of Deadpool. That is the whole point of Deadpool. So go for it. And like people are like, there should be a PG-13. Well, then it wouldn't be Deadpool, so shut up. If you don't want to see the R-rated version, don't go see the R-rated version. Oh. Wait for TV and watch a, a two-hour movie in a half an hour, because that's how much the cut. I, I, I will yeah. say that the Deadpool marketing campaign is the really? best that I have oh, seen for killed a Mario Lopez a long time, time tonight or whatever show that is. Did so you see I the uh, the Green Lantern parody? Tri- uh, yes. <laughs> so and the it. fake the fake. I don't want to. Well, I don't know if I want to ruin it for people, but guys have been sending this like like the 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 fake like romantic. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like Deadpool. Like love like, never dies. Yeah, it's like Ryan Reynolds and. Uh, What's her name from uh, Miranda, Fl- Miranda Bacar? Sorry, like my brain yeah. just yeah, um, yeah. I I mean they're gonna do it. They're doing it. It's finally happened, it's, and people are going crazy. And it's already like tracking really high for how much money it's gonna make. And my my favorite poster has still been the uh, what was it the the, the skull skull poop owl. Yeah, just cool. Um, Zoolander two comes out the same day. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you really grouping that I'm with everything else? What? You really grouping that with everything else? I like Zoolander. What? You don't like Zoolander? Nope. I love Zoolander. No, the gasoline fight. I like. Yeah, like good I like true. the ten minutes that David Duchovny was in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention, may he rest in peace. One of the, my favorite movie cameos ever was David Bowie in that. He Aww. judges the walk off, and we haven't even, like taken the time to him or Alan Rickman. Oh, oh. I, don't, I can't. I can't talk about it. Reviews versus death. <laughs> Reviews versus death. We are not in support of. <laughs> I do not like how that fight's going to end. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's like the big stuff. So, is Ted Cloverfield playing February or is it March? That is that this I year think, even? Yeah, it's this year. <laughs> well, it, like. 
it just completely yeah. came out of nowhere and surprised everyone. Yes, Curtis. And I'm so excited. So I just have to say that the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane was better than the entire first Cloverfield movie. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what it the, really uh, was. It was what like... Are, what are the really March interesting... 11. March 11th. Uh, March. One of the really interesting things people are saying is that they're thinking Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane isn't meant to be at all tied to the Cloverfield movie, that it's supposed to be a set of anthology films with Cloverfield being the, like the code word. And so there are like different types of movies that just have like the same type of feel rather than being uh, in the same universe. I was like, huh, interesting. This one, I, I mean, guess this one's not found footage, so he's no. just that. Yeah. And we haven't and seen any... Goodman. Oh, God. Oh, and oh. he was Mary amazing Elizabeth in the trailer. Winston? In the trailer. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Mew. Incredible. I call her Mew. Call her what? Mew. Like the Pokemon. Because <laughs> her initials. Mary Elizabeth Winston. I was like, her name is Ramona Flap. Oh, right. Have you seen a girl that looks like this? Yeah, her name is Ramona Flap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, originally they were going to do that with like the real picture from the comic, but mm-hmm. then I'm so glad they didn't. I love Guys, it. I, I, uh, I, I'm I'm excited because um, I do all my movie purchases on Voodoo these days because. I'm not crazy, and I'm not stuck in digital, in you know, in physical media. I feel like that was a jab against someone. Yeah, you know, you know you it's can, not crazy. <laughs> you know, you can. You know, uh, <laughs> what if your computer? What's wrong with my eyes? You, you know, when you buy a physical copy, it comes with a voodoo code. Yeah, on it. yeah, I, I know, but I was just excited because um, the special of the day the other day was. Scott Pilgrim for five bucks, oh. so I was very excited. I'm by that. just gonna laugh the day the internet dies and Stevens and his house with his physical media. I'm just saying, come the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Steven or doesn't have to survive, and, 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 and you'll you know, be locked in. You'll be locked in your house. One of the greatest physical media. He won't know that the zombie apocalypse <laughs> because of, he's not online. One of the greatest <laughs> challenges of life, too, as as a person who also collects physical media. Thank is, you. Like cavemen, is finding shelf space. Yes. For all of your movies and CDs and things. Like, I even have physical CDs that I still buy. Folders. I have oh, one of those. CD, big but DVD I like to keep, like, the thingies, too. So, like, those get too full too fast. Oh, yeah. So, I have, uh, lately, the my, ones I bought, I've had to keep the actual I'm, things. Just my cut the cord, just my problem is, uh, I just have a corner of my room that's dedicated to boxes of comics. <laughs> and if there's ever a house fire, I'm I'm dead. <laughs> Get like some kind of titanium something. No, those things are gonna glide up so fast. I'm gonna be the first one to go. <laughs> I spilled a cup of water on top of a table that leaked onto my boxes of comics. Oh. So we got out a, dra- a laundry drying rack and laid out all my flash. Like first year of the new Fifty Two, all like laying out. Oh, like, those were oh. so good. Yeah. I really like that. Oh, Francis Manipul is fantastic. It's so good. Anyways. So good. Anyway. <laughs> so that's it for this month's podcast. Hey, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. If anyone cares about music, I have a list. Of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like <laughs> To be adventurous. Okay. I got a list here. There's a lot that's not important to me, but we're going to pull it out. If anybody likes Foxes, her new album is coming out on February 5th. It's called All I Need. She's the chick in that one um, Zed song. Um... <laughs> How's that go? If our love is tragedy, why are you my remedy? That one. Oh, that one. That's her. Oh. She's the she's the singer in that song because Zed does not sing. He just he's that he's the kind of guy that like makes the music in the back and hires other people to do singing. I love that crap. <laughs> um, Elton John's new album, Wonderful Crazy Nights, is coming out. If you're an Elton John fan, I might have been like. Thirty years ago. Don't, I don't. Thirty I don't years ago. How old I'm are you? I'm fifty. We've my talked iTunes. about this. 
She's an old lady. I'm the closest Tony dance. Every single time I don't write that song. Okay, I'm so glad that that's a thing because I thought I was like, no, man, this song makes me think about who's the boss. Yeah. Yoko Ono's new album is coming out. I know everybody cares about Yoko. My favorite XKCD joke is I ran into. I ran into a bookstore and I saw Yoko Ono, so I grabbed one of the Beatles biographies and I said, "You are the villain in all these stories." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so mean. She's really not. I'm so no. You have no idea how passionate I am about the Beatles, but she's really anyway. Not. She's horrible. <laughs> um, Simple Plan's new album is coming out for those still living in 2003. <laughs> Um, All right. <laughs> like the bird. My day has come. And Willie Nelson's new album's coming out. For, for those still living in the 1960s. For those still living in the 1960s. <laughs> and then a musician I would recommend for those who have not heard him, um, The Rocket Summer has an album coming out oh, in late okay. February. Um, he's a one-man band, but he plays all his own instruments, except when he's touring his other people playing the other instruments, but he's a real talent. You mean like Dave Grohl? Yeah, like Dave Grohl in the first Foo Fighters, Fighters yeah. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like that. He's Ooh. fabulous, so check him out for sure. I, now I remember why Brady and I are friends. <laughs> <laughs> now you remember. You've been talking to him for hours just now <laughs> yeah. about things that you love, and you can't... I was like... Going on I tangents. Was, I was like, oh, this, Brady, this Brady's a likable fellow. I wish he was my friend. <laughs> and then I even was like, oh, wait, And that was what it took. We're going to have to give Emily really like a tangent stick for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, John! <laughs> <laughs> Save it. The tangents aren't bad if everybody's involved. The back and forth tangents. Yeah. Where like the rest of us are like. Okay. <laughs> 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 because we're not as cultured enough as I like, love how we're the other trying people to talking. like finish up the episode, but we're just tangenting and. I love. You know, as the host do, of this but... episode, I should probably take. Charge then. <laughs> yeah, Brady, come yeah. on! Oh, now I remember uh, why I'm on this podcast. And now I'm going to close down this episode of this podcast. We appreciate your turning in, and we will see you next month with something more fun and stuff. Shut up! Shut up, guys! Shut up, man! 2016's off to the worst start. Oh. <laughs> Let's end with my tears! Woo! <laughs> Save his rock, friend.